Thank you for rocking with the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. It's your boy, Good Life underscore Russ. Thank you for tuning in every week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for us. You can find us on Facebook at Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. And you can find us on Instagram at Good Kickback. And I'm like, it's true. I mean, you know, that you know, and just let it let those conversations be natural, so that they feel like it's okay, you know, to have them, and and that it's not sex is not a dirty, nasty thing. I mean, but you ain't you ain't you know at that age you got to be freaky either. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And 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 a lot of times when they come to you. When they come to you, what they're coming to you for is innocent. They don't know everything yeah, that you know. We overthink you know, it. We, they, they talk about whole you hands. Freak what? Yeah, they talk about whole hands and stuff. And you're like, you want to do what? <laughs> like little Bow Wow down in the... Oh, okay. They know what you was talking about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, they she innocent. Yeah, right, right. you got to remember. Yeah. Like, right. But that's, that's definitely, I would say, too, is like, it was... Like, a lot of my struggles as a father, especially with, like, how I was growing up and having, my like, some of my kids not as much and some of them more, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was dating women who hard. didn't deal with that. And they were dealing with men who just had them every other once in a while or never at all, you know what I mean? And mine was always inconsistently in and out type vibe. So it well, was how do you, already How do you do tough. that? Yeah, like... Oh, man. That's got to be a lot to manage <laughs> when a parent... You yeah. know, when a parent is not on board or they're yeah. just not engaged in an area. I would be honest and say, like, the way I did it, the way I feel like most people, like, black men my age did it, is, like, we just mess it up. Like, we mess it up at, front, at like, in the beginning, and then we try to learn from, like, all of this. You know what I'm saying? We try to get all that destruction and pain and hurt out the way up front so we can learn these lessons, because, like, we know, too, like, I know I'm not behind because of me, but I'm still behind. Definitely. So, like, am I going to stay behind because somebody else put me behind, or am I like, no, nah, I'm going to get ahead because this is for my kids, you know what I mean? So, we didn't realize, but that was building a whole new self-esteem and confidence level in us. And it sucked to me. I, I didn't want it because how it came. It came through trauma, so I didn't want it. You feel me? Yeah. And then, But I learned so much for it. It, it made me worry about my kids because it's like, yeah, I'm, like, preventing all this from you. But, shit, it, I mean, it just changed my life. Like, it saved my life, too. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not widely accepted. So it's like, nah, if somebody start hearing you like, yeah, I'm messed up, I'm hurt, I'm depressed, you know what I mean? They're just going to instantly, oh my God, what can I do to comfort you mode? It's, that's just how me and my homies talking to each other. Like, like not like it was a joke, but it was just like, this is our life. So it's not like, I, I can't take it super serious happening to me every day. You see what I mean? If somebody try to kill you every day, like by the hundredth day, you're not really, it's see, just, that, you go to work. Right. See, and, and our, but we didn't know that was happening with st- people. Our yeah, things different. are different. We, me- we yeah. mess up too. We just okay. look like we don't. Okay. But we mess it. We oh we we mess it up. Okay. Oh, we mess it up big time. But we can. I, to be honest, I can never. I can never say I understand what it's like to be a black man. Oh, it's hard. I can <laughs> never say that. It's hard because I, we I love. I love black women so much, and a lot of my like hard lessons I learned from black women. You know what I mean? Because that was my environment. That was my circumstance. That's who I love. So obviously, this is who I'm on date. This is who I'm with. That's my mama. You feel me? So, like, it's bittersweet because it's like I still love them so much, but it's like, man, I told me so many hard lessons. It's hard not to kind of, like, change how I look at you. You keep hitting me. You feel me? Like, it's just, it's hard to keep that love. Like, it's still there, yeah. but it's just kind of, it's thing. It's different now. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of us was growing up, we were building just resentment 
and I seen some more than other for like black women, and it and it wasn't because of what they was putting us through. I understood when I got older, because we felt like we they didn't un- try to understand us. You know what I'm saying? That we've been in so many situations to where like we did all this shitty stuff, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you're shitty." And in this situation now, it's like I'm trying. It's like, hey, nobody accept that you're trying because how where where you just came from. So yeah, the, the nigga gonna be like, yeah, I'm just going back to jail, or yeah, I'm just going back to the relationship, or yeah, I'm just I'm gonna leave my kids. Black 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 mothers. Um, I can't speak for all of them, but in general, because I, I, I feel I've, like I've seen, I've, what I've seen from some black mo- black single mothers yeah. is, um, and I, I've only seen it in, in in some of my family where they tended to coddle more the boys yeah. and make the women yeah. tough. You got to be strong. Yeah. You got to be out there. And you got to be yeah. independent, and you know. And then the boys are coddled, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see that a lot yeah. in, in, in my family. I sat and watched the boys just sitting leisure at their leisure, you know, play video games, and me and my sisters working as teenagers, you know, trying to help pay bills with the family and that kind of thing. And and that's yeah. what's so sad because it like creates like a fork in the road. Yeah. It's like you get two people that come to this point, and it's like, all right, I was a black woman, let's say like seventies, eighties. I had these black men I loved, and like. They seen them go through some stuff that just broke their heart. You get what I'm saying? So now you get to that fork in the road, and it's the mothers who is just like, it kind of hurts their heart. They bitter about black men, and then you get the ones who they coddle their sons because they mm-hmm. so like, and they just look at their son like you don't know what your dad had to go through. You get what I mean? And it broke it broke her. You feel me? It broke her heart because two women like women got to watch us like just put up with that shit. And I feel like that, too, was creating a divide. Because back in the day, yeah. it wasn't like that. We stood up more for ourselves. So the black women was behind us. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I see some men complaining women aren't behind them. But it's like, I mean, but you don't stand up for yourself either. And it's like, we got to start drawing a line for that. Because I, I agree with that well level of thinking. I can only respect you so much to how you respect yourself. And sometimes yeah. y'all be expecting us because we respect everybody so much to give you all that. And you don't respect yourself. You know what I mean? We gotta stop breaking each other. Yeah, right? we do. I agree with that. We gotta stop breaking each other. I agree other. with that. Wow. And it's and it's a lot more work. And and it's not that to say we ain't been working or we're not in good space. We're in a great spot. The fact we can even have these conversations. Yeah. I didn't again. I didn't grow up having these conversations with women. It felt like we was always at the odds with each other. And I didn't blame them, but it's now I'm blaming another black woman because I'm like, oh, your mom made you like this, or oh, your dad wasn't around. So you feel me? So you're turning it back on your people on the back end, and you don't realize that. Like, yeah, this black person in your face, you ain't paying it to them, but you disrespecting another black person on the back end of this. So when that's happening all around the city, eventually, you know what I'm saying? It's going to divide people from each other, and it's going to separate homes. The very thing that all of this was happening to cause, child support, all that in the 90s. They was doing all that to separate us. And they couldn't do it unless we allowed it to happen. And it wasn't that we didn't have no... It wasn't that, like, we didn't have other choices. It was the easier choice. Mm -hmm. And we had already been through so much, we was tired. And I feel that now that I'm tired as an adult after doing it, I feel more for them. Y'all was tired. Y'all had to fight in civil rights in the 50s your whole life. We get to just get on Twitter (laughs) and and throw a fist up and hop off. Y'all had to, like, worry about (laughs) the water hose going to school. Y'all had to worry about real-life racism. We deal with more yeah, with don't. systematic racism now. Back then, it was like yeah. it could kill you. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Nowadays, racism really won't kill you, but it just like fuck with you. Mm. 
Back mm-hmm. then, I should have killed you. Like, mm-hmm. you you had to know, like how gangs was for, like, my age. You had to know it, what colors and what neighborhood, because it should have killed, it'll take your life. generation after, you know, this, this other generation, they don't, they don't fuck with them like that anymore. Because they didn't have that. Because they didn't yeah, have no, to grow, because we them. kept them from yeah. that. True. You see what I'm yeah. saying? That's That was with my That's kids. True. I fought so hard not to be, <laughs> like, who I felt my father was. I was turning into that in other areas and didn't realize mm-hmm. it. And now that I love myself and I just, I, I accept myself and I work on myself, they get all of that overabundance and I get it. Like, I shouldn't be trying to live for y'all and do this for y'all. I should be making myself right because once I become a better person, I'm naturally just going to yeah. do these things for you. But if I just focus on doing this for you and putting you in tennis and doing that and then you want to play basketball, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, uh, <laughs> now nah, you playing tennis because <laughs> that's what we've been spending all this time doing. But if I was just letting you do you, like how my time, I wanted that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we didn't have that. It's like, nah, you got to do something that's a college or a job or money because you need a family and times is hard. Yeah. And you're a kid, so you're like, what the hell? And you get older, and you're like, because right. that's what they had to go through. And times was so hard for them. It scared, it scared them, like, it scared the hell out of them. And I can't mm-hmm. be mad at them for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was bitter about it, but I can't be mad at you some, for yeah, that. Yeah, there's some of their, their, their saving acumen and things like that. Yeah. From yeah. that, we could have we yeah. could have learned some things. We were we 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 were unappreciative, and it humbled me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I was so quick to lash out on my mom, I didn't even try to see where she was coming from. So once I I, I couldn't even be the father I am now without getting over that hurdle and dealing with that with her, because I realized it was connected to other things of why I was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then once you start seeing those, like you just got to make yourself better. You know what I mean? Type of. Yes. <laughs> so is there anything you want to leave us on? I lose track of time with these. You things. know, I think I think my <laughs> la- my final thought was that we we need to stop hurting each other. We need to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We yeah. need to figure out that part. Mm-hmm. How can we, how can we do right by each other? Yeah. As black men and black women. I think love. Mm-hmm. We think we know what love is, but we don't, and we need to reestablish or just recreate w- what new love is. And, yeah. But we need to lead by love, and we don't. We lead by survival. You know what I mean? That's we true. still do that. I still do that to this oh, day. Yeah. We all when do. I catch myself doing it, I'm like, you're not in that environment. Mm-hmm. You out of that. You know what I mean? But still, it hurts because you like, I was in this so long. Right, I'm right. Just, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going shot. back and I'm not going back. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have it. It's like a PTSD. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people find you on social media? They can find me on Instagram at Jaylana underscore Stevet. And I have a Facebook fan page, Jaylana Stevet the author. I also have a Twitter page, uh, J, a, at Vet, and I have a website where that stuff is all centrally located, awesome. com. Just Google, just put Vet in Google, and you'll be able to find everything, the podcast, everything. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. I have fun. Thank you. I know. We sparred a little bit. Yeah. We laughed. We, yeah. Yeah. Get it off. It ain't you know, talking listen, if you're going to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> that's, what family, that's what family do. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to that because my answers, they no filter. Yeah. You bring somebody in, I mean, you're going to know if y'all together because everybody's going to run them through. <laughs> and they drinkers, so they're going to get drunk. Like, come in here, let's talk. And I'm just like, all right, I hope it go well because they savages. <laughs> like... But I, at the time, you're not realizing as men, we needed that. Like, they were being, like, our sisters and our mothers, you know what I mean? Like, they're vetting mm-hmm. the women, and that's a part of dating, too, like, that we got to reestablish because we don't have yeah, that. We're out here dating yeah. people by ourselves. 
Back then, you had five, six, seven, whatever family members that you could run this person through. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Now it's just me and you, and it's like, right. we ain't making me the best decisions. Right, you ain't decisions. even really cool yeah. like that. We ain't so, making the best right. decisions. We need other yeah. people's insights. So I, I really want to get back to that. Like, that was my point kind of to it doing a podcast. Yeah. Let me tell you something. See, you're taking this person like, I, I don't do. know you, so, so I'm speaking in general. Okay, <laughs> you feel but, me? but I'm just saying what you're saying. Well, you shouldn't. I you said we. Should. Okay, I said well, we. we shouldn't. You're right. <laughs> You, we should. That's not this. That's we. And I don't. So I, I know. That's I mean, awesome. I don't. So I mean, that that's the point that I was making to you. But there's 10 billion people in the world, so You're I'm kind of right. thinking You're... about them and not one. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. And that level of thinking is what got the world right here in this new generation. <laughs> and it's not wrong, but it's that's why it's so important for us to have these conversations. Because again, two life is perspective. We all going to live it differently anyways. Exactly. But if we can have an understanding of why you feel the way you do, because I don't mm-hmm. care how you feel the way you do, just like you don't care how I feel. You know what I mean? You going to live Absolutely. your life how I live. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, but that, me understanding that created a realm to where I can start having conversations with people and I say how I feel, they say how they feel, and it's no miss, it's just, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to have that with our age group because they couldn't communicate. So if you say something that hurt their feelings, they automatically shut down. And I'm not used to that because I was a kid that talked like elders. You know what I mean? I thought like elders. So those was mostly the people I was talking to. And they old people, they don't care. They, they probably drunk out the time. You can really Ooh, say, look, slide really some stuff in there. Don't really they don't even realize what you're saying. Look, you're like, wait, what you say? Nothing. Just walk away. But this new, it was like, okay, I can see what's going on with you. Da, 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 and, and they just shut down. You know what I mean? So I'm, I was like trying to figure out where I was coming from. And I learned it was like in home. It was something similar to like what I was going to, where some people just do something for so long and get so far gone, they just feel like there's no turning back. Like, I just got to be like this now. And I ain't really rocked with my kid for so long, so I can't just pop up and be a parent. And like Mm. our generation was, it it made no sense to us because we were working two, three jobs to keep our kids happy. And a lot of us didn't feel like we had parents. You get what I'm saying? So like we went through that and Mm -hmm. it was starting to humble us because we were getting everything we wanted. We was getting that family, but, like, we were still broken and damaged. And then that's when I understood, like, I did all of that and stopped those generational curses for my kids. You know what I mean? And that's the ultimate sacrifice. Like, you did all of this, and there ain't no reward or no payout. It's just, like, you know, a slip. Congratulations. Right. This was, get this to your kid. They can cash this in one day. It is and that is to me is parenting. That is when it helped me mature. You know what I mean? It helped me realize, like, their lives... Ain't about me. <laughs> and listen, when they, when, they, when they get grown, it definitely don't be about you. And we, and that's what it's, we need to understand. Yeah. Our age group, because we don't mm-hmm. have twenty year old. You know what I mean? My my oldest son is ten. They go, yeah, they go off, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I only birth you and raise, but you know what? It's like you, but you can't hold on to them. Yeah. You can't. You just gotta let them, because and and it was a culture shock for me. When I was okay when my grandbaby came, but mm-hmm. I realized I was number three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's number one. Maybe the yeah. fiance or yeah. the baby, whichever one. They're number one, and then then there's number two, and then I'm number three. You know, but that's the way that it should be because he's creating his own life now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I feel like you know when you do what you're supposed to do as a parent, you release him to yeah. to be whatever. But that's hard, too. I can't imagine that. Man, it's hard. Because I wanted to be a mama's boy, and I seen how hard it it's was hard. for her. Like, 
because she just seemed like he about to leave one day and not with it. And she's like, wait, not yet. Like, you was just a baby. But and I couldn't appreciate it because I was a kid. And then when I had kids, I just told my mom, like, be, I felt a, for he's you. He's becoming a hover parent. Like, I haven't even had my grandchild overnight. You know, like, most, I, she's almost a year. I have not had an overnight visit yet. I feel He's, for like, that. hovering, like, no, you know, wait another six months or whatever. I'm like, well, Damn. I needed yeah. that because that's me and my mom. And I didn't realize I was doing that to her, but I was just... I was I needed to always know what was going on to them because like I went through more stuff than most people. Okay. So it kind of like I was afraid for them. You get what I'm saying? And I had already lost a kid, so I was really just oh, like yeah. my first son passed away. So I'm just like again I'm an anomaly. Like a lot of stuff I I, I mm -hmm. had to go through. That's what gave me that insight. I realized mm -hmm. this was for other people, and yeah. I was making it personal. I'm like, why me? Like why would this happen to me? You feel me? And then you see the bigger picture. Yep. Because I helped somebody and they write this paragraph and they was like, bruh. And then I seen it. Like, when I was your age and I was going through this and I needed somebody, I didn't have that. And now, like, I can be that for you. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of friends who went through that similar too, but it was the opposite for them. They was like, oh, you know, I ain't had no dad, so I ain't being no dad. Why should I have to be a dad? Cause I ain't. Wow. And that shit was breaking my heart because I'm like, how could you feel like that? You know what I mean? I was a kid. Like, shit, I ain't going to make my kids feel like this. Yeah. That was me. That's what I was sowing and planting as a child. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just like, nah, I'm going to do it different. You planting it out. like. But also, I'm realizing like this shit is sad as fuck. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now we're getting into that point where we, we shelter them so much. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned now because they just don't understand basic shit. They don't. I be looking at my son like that. I'm telling you, he can do some complex shit, but he can't make like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I be so confused. Like, how can you do this and not do this? <laughs> like, <laughs> how, bro? Though, yeah. You get yeah. what I mean? But yeah. then my mom see it time, and she's like, that was you. So I'm like, parenting <laughs> like this. I'm mad at everybody that made sex seem cool, like after I had kids. Because I'm like, nah, y'all ain't tell us about this. This is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, but they saved my life like because they changed my mind you know what I mean they gave me options and at a time before them I didn't give myself options it was survival that was it so with them you give yourself options because you're like nah I can't just survive and take care of them I gotta learn some stuff Yeah. I gotta drop some people off I gotta stop doing this mm -hmm. over here I gotta drink less you feel me I gotta go to bed early yep you do a lot yeah. raising kids you you know you sacrifice and do, to do it you know the way that you think is the right way yeah. to do it. You know what I'm saying? Be because they didn't ask to be here. Yeah. And that's how I feel They about didn't it. ask to be here. Way. Period. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's so crazy. I had one of the tax preparers called the office the other day. Mm -hmm. You know, checking on her paycheck or whatever. I hadn't even seen her. Yeah. Like, all tax season, okay? And, um, and I'm like, well, you know, the owner ain't came in yet. And she's like, well... You know, I got seven kids. I ain't living how you living. Yeah. And I'm thinking, nobody told you to have seven kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, and although I want to be empathetic, yeah. but again, nobody told you to have seven kids. Mm -hmm. And how do you know how I'm living? I could be flossing, fronting. Exactly. You can think I'm living a certain way. Exactly. But that's your perception because of how you're living. Yeah. You know, with, it's, it's defensive. It's like yeah. you thought I was going to try to insult you, and I'm here to help you. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you try to flex on me, and I'm trying to help you. <laughs> like, wait. Yeah, but it's like, it, it, I don't know. And, and parenting is just, it just looks differently. 
Um, yeah, it's scary because you never know if what you're doing is right right now. And I say things yeah. to them sometimes, and they say things to me, and it hurts. But then I remember too, I said some stuff to my mom I shouldn't have said, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it wasn't the end of the world. So sometimes too, I'm just like, all right, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're just upset. But sometimes you just like, damn, like, should I go buy you a pony or something? Like, we cool. <laughs> you were just walking past that room, checking on them. <laughs> you gonna mess it up. You cooking and shit? Like, hey, you hungry? <laughs> I-, I could tell you even little things mm-hmm. that when I look back on parenting, um, and it may seem like something small to some people, but even something, this is something really that I thought was significant. Uh-huh. I was in church back then. I was giving one of the ladies a, a baby shower. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I'm preparing the house and everything. The ladies are preparing. They're coming. My daughter comes down. She's only about seven at the time, but she's wearing the flower girl dress that she mm. wore from two years ago when I got married. Okay. And, you know, my husband at the time was like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, yeah, take that off. It's just too fancy, da-da-da-da. You know, she went upstairs and changed and came down and put on something regular. But I thought about that, like, what was so wrong with that? Yeah. What was wrong? Yeah. I mean, I could have stifled something, some, some something creative in her. Yeah. You know, something that was budding because yeah. of how I felt. Yeah. You know, people always think, parenting fails or because we beat our children or neglect but those small things like that mm-hmm. you know where you you potentially miss the mark mm-hmm. with your kids and i feel the like the I beating about, and neglect like it's safe to blame it on that because yeah. we don't want to really explore what it really might right. be right yeah, yeah you're right you're right and that's funny that you said that and that's kind of too why i just be so like it took me so long to not be bitter about, like, how I was raised because, like, how I raised my kids is, like, 100% different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it took me a long... And, again, like, I'm still going through certain things, so it's, like, you being the mix of it. But I went through that, something like that similar because most of the people I was around were older, you know what I mean? Like, when I was a kid. So, and I, I let my kids talk to me, you know what I mean? Respectfully, mm-hmm. but I let them talk way more than I was able to talk to. And that was my situation most of the times. I just ha- I had a big vocabulary. And then, like, a kid shouldn't be talking. Like, stay in a child's place. You feel me? Yeah, so, like, I'm already yeah. like, nah, I'm going to let them talk. So, uh, my daughter was sitting on the couch in the living room one day. Uh, she's nine now. I think she was, like, four at the time. But she was sitting on the couch in the living room. And I just came in, like, you know what I mean? Get off the couch. She was on her tablet. She got on the floor. <laughs> you feel me? So, I came back through. And she was just like, why, can I sit on the- like, why can't I sit on the couch? You know what I mean? And I ain't even I wasn't expecting it. So I double back like what? It, Cause it just sounds offensive. You right, feel me? Because right. you wasn't expecting it. <laughs> so I'm like, huh? Like, come again? She's like, why can't I sit on the couch? Like, ain't that what the couch is for? And I had to think about it for real too. Like why I didn't even want you to sit on the couch. And then it really yeah. like I like I'll be back. You know what I mean? I had to really think I had to really think on it. Like, and it was because that was my childhood. I was never allowed to sit on my grandma's yeah. couch. That was all I like she said it so much. Even when she wouldn't be there, I could hear her saying it. You get what I'm saying? So, like, once I, I analyzed what it was, I just came in, like, and that's how I am with them. We have, like, a super close relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I came back in. I'm just like, shit, you're right. Like, you sit on the couch. Like, I mean, that's what couches are for. You know what right, I mean? I'm making right. sense of it myself. Like, damn, what else would you do with the couch? And then, mm-hmm. like, you're like, okay, you feel better. But then, like, later on, you see, like, you know what I mean? Like, how bad stuff is and how, too, yeah. we need to pay more attention. Mm-hmm. Because I was letting this go on, and it didn't get addressed until she brought it to my attention. So mm-hmm. now, she as someone who attention. cares, yeah. you're like, damn, what else ain't I noticing? You know what right. I mean? And to me, 
that's when I became a parent because when I wasn't being the best parent, I didn't think like that. Mm-hmm. And now that I am a, what I consider a good parent becoming even better, you know what I'm saying? I think like that. I think mm-hmm. like, what more can I do for them? I don't yeah. never think like, damn, I'm doing too much for them. I'm like, damn, what more can I do for them? You know what I mean? So like, to, that was the whole, like, they really saved my life. <laughs> like, it was crazy. And I didn't realize it at the time, you know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> that's that. So how do you balance all this? You got, I mean, you wrote a book. Like, how do you be a mom and you write and how? Because I can't, I love women and I love mothers, but I don't understand. I'm a man still, so I just can't empathize with y'all. You know what I mean? So I love hearing mothers' testimonies. And you you never stop parenting. Even when they're grown, you don't stop parenting. It's just, your role just switches a little bit. You know what I mean? They come to you more uh, for advice, for counsel kind of things, as opposed to, you know... Well, I, I wasn't ever really that, you know, dictator-type parent anyway, but... Oh, that's me. I, <laughs> I'm a tyrant. <laughs> yeah, I don't see like... They hear my keys. They straight up. <laughs> um, you just... You know what? Prayer and meditation. Okay. And, 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 and taking it one day at a time, and, mm-hmm. um, and my personality is a little less type A-ish, but it has been... Type A ish throughout the years, but I'm okay. learning to relax okay. and enjoy every day and every moment and trying yes. not to take everything so serious. Yeah. Um, that's how you that's how you balance it and realize you can't do everything. You cannot do everything. Do what you can yeah. and don't beat yourself up when you don't get everything done. And that, I'm ministering to myself right now because I'm, I'm thinking about that deadline that I, I set for myself for this episode to be done. I'm yeah. like, but I, I, I'm learning not to beat myself up okay. because everything is in divine timing. Everything yes. you want to do and be is in divine timing and the doors are open up when they're supposed to. So why worry about it? I agree with that. That's, that's real. So something I've always just, it's been on my heart and I really need your insight on it. Like, how do you share your content with your kids? Like, the content that you were kind of like, Listen. should I share this with a child? Like, how do you, like, when Listen. is the right time to share that with your, because I, I'd be curious. Like, when should Listen. we talk about sexuality me, me, with them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. well, we got to have these conversations with each other. When do you start having sex? When they start asking. Okay. When they start asking. Um, and you'll be surprised, you know, like, and, and they'll ask at different times, like, my son was asking different things at like six, seven, you know, yeah, or even or even younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, come on, now. I was HBO watching HBO Cinemax was After Dark. Okay, um, that's why I'm an erotic author. All right, so, hey. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me, and I'm so childish. I would watch like the Spanish soap opera ones. <laughs> And I'm just, a, I'm, I'm like oh. an agitated kid, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, they, sex again? Get back to the storyline. Did they kill his brother? Like, what's going on? I'm into the show. <laughs> I don't even want the porn, you know? I'm not even realizing, too, that's a part of this. Like, it just feels like everything that you tell me is for me, I don't want. So these things that you're telling me is not for me might, like, mm-hmm. this shit might be for me. And let it be, and let it be <laughs> natural. Like, yeah. I mean, like, like my, uh, my middle son, he... He knew body parts early because mm. Erica came as a baby and he saw me changing her diaper. Mm. I told him. He was like, what is that? I was like, that's a vagina. You don't have one of those. You have a penis. Well, we went to church and um, <laughs> the, the teacher pulled me to the side. She said we went to the bathroom. Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy, Good Life underscore Russ, and this is the Good Life Podcast, the kickback. Uh, 
I say this shit every week, but I'm going to say it every week. Thank y'all. We wouldn't have a show without y'all. Keep listening. I don't want your money. Just talk, share, you know, have these conversations, apply this shit to your life. And we're going to be straight. <laughs> you know who I am. Though. So the guest is going to get going. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, hello. My name is Jaylana Stevett. I'm an author, blogger, and um, just excited to be here. So Good. Mm-hmm. You look excited to be here. I am. Okay, so I want to like I want to get to know you. Okay. You tell me you're from here. Uh huh. So how was it for you growing up here, living here? Like how like what was what kind of experience was that? I would say like at 18. Like what were your challenges? Do you feel like at 18 in life? At 18 in life, I was trying to figure out. To be honest, I had already my story is a little bit more complex. So okay. at 18, I had already had one child. So uh, okay. I was a teenage mom. So I was trying to figure out if I was going to be able to go to college at that okay. point, or if I was going to have to go right into workforce and get a job and raise my child. Mm. So yeah. So how did that work out? I ended up, to be honest, I ended up raising my child for a while. Okay. Had a few more. Mm-hmm. And um, got ended up getting my degree a little bit later. Okay. You know what I mean? Once my kids got a certain yeah. age, that kind of thing. My mom was like that, too. And she went back, like, later in my life, too. And it was, like, it was definitely very inspirational because, like, when she was doing it. You know what I mean? And I'm the type of person to just think about everything. So I'm thinking, like, man, like, she's the old woman in class. Like, I'm wondering how that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know kids are just cruel, especially in college. So I'm like, man, how's that is? And when she went to ODU. So when she finished, like, I was just so proud, you know what I mean? Because you went back, and, like, at a time, it was it was similar. Like, I really want to do this right now, but it's something else is more important. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So that, that's, that's, that's crazy. So how do you feel like, do you feel like your degree, like, shaped who you are as a person? Or was it, like, a career? No. Um, <laughs> what is my it? De- my degree did not shape it. Uh, to be honest, I don't. It, to me, it was just a piece of paper. Yeah, um, that's how I look at it, too. Yeah, it, it, it. I was not, I didn't do anything in that field. You know, that was not where my passion was. So it was just me obtaining uh, a piece of paper to, mm-hmm. to be honest, get more to get more paper when yeah. I was working in corporate America. Mm-hmm. That's all that was about. Okay. Because for some reason they like to see that you have a degree. They don't even really care what it is. They just want you to, to see that you've gone through the steps to yep. to do what they feel is necessary to to get that paper. Mm-hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, what would you say is your passions? Oh, writing definitely. Writing. Writing hands down. I mean, and, and that's that's what I do. I've been writing for a long time. Um, passionately just as a hobby I you know wrote a lot even as a kid like I can remember like we were kids that didn't get to go outside Mm -hmm. all the time you know my mom had us on lockdown Mm -hmm. like you know she worked a lot she worked and she went to school okay so we could not go out and play with the rest of the kids (laughs) like that you know what I mean we needed to be on lockdown so me and my siblings what what we would do we would just be creative in the house Mm -hmm. so I would write plays and they would act them out Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's how my writing started okay. back then, and then, you know, I, I would write poetry um, as an adult. Like when I was going through things, I would write mm-hmm. poetry, and then I always had this thing about playwriting though, because my first major play that I wrote, it was based upon 
a place that I worked. I worked in a factory. And okay. me and these girls, every day we would come to work and have these conversations after work. Mm-hmm. And we formed this bond. And so I mm-hmm. wrote this play called The Lounge mm-hmm. based on that. What was happening? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Mm-hmm. It so feels refreshing, like, talking to a writer, because a lot of people consider themselves writers, but I don't consider them writers, you know what I mean? So, like, I feel comfortable asking you this. Like, what's your relationship, would you say, with writing? Man, my relationship with writing is, we we have a love relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I allow my writing to do what it does. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always start out with, a general storyline or somewhere I want to go. And then as I start writing, the writing it take takes it takes over and, mm-hmm. and does what it does. Yeah. And I allow it to do that. Has it always been like that? or how, how, yeah. Pretty much. For me, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you was just that prodigy you knew. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, I've always, you know, just, that's, writing's always been my thing. Yeah. You know, my mom was a writer. Um, my sister was a writer. Okay. You know, uh, so one of my aunties had published a book. You I know what I mean? So, yeah, that, yeah, that's... It was already an exciting thing. Okay. Yeah. I would say I have more so probably love-hate with writing. I started writing when I was, like, maybe seven. And I just write, like, I just write. You feel me? I wrote poetry. I wrote erotica. I wrote a novel. Yeah, see? <laughs> Zane was fired. So I was that was like my generation. Like we had Zane. Like that's when those books was coming out. And they, it was fire. Like <laughs> so I was I was just writing. But then when I got older, like I got into sports, I took a break from writing, you know what I mean? Unknowing like what was gonna happen. And then down the line, like I missed it. But then it was hard for me to get back to writing because then I had realized I was only writing when I was like hurting. I was like writing my pain out. So mm-hmm. now that I wasn't hurting no more, it was hard for me to write. Yeah. So I had to create, like, a new relationship with writing, and that's when, like, the love part came. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I started, like, being passionate about it and enjoying it and wanting to write. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not wanting to, like, write and be finished, but, like, just write and see where it goes. Like, Mm -hmm. if there's two words or 2,000, like, we're going to see. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's, I I would say, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say technology is, like, hurting writing, but I would say I don't think people care about writing like they used to care about writing like when you had to write letters like when writing was like yes you know what i mean so like do you feel like that affects you in your day-to-day life or like communication with people like the just i I don't feel like communication means as much to like society anymore as it used to oh i don't think it does either i think that um technology in some ways has crippled yeah you know uh writing and you know formatting i mean all of the technicalities of it and texting is the worst i hate to say it and we have to we have we have to text but i love texting because i don't want to talk on the phone right 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 but i don't want to text either because i'd rather talk face to face so like exactly it's i get i get it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's definitely technology like we just have access to too much and like we don't know what to do with all this Cause I, I just, I, now I'm trying to find my balance between like putting stuff in my notes in my phone and writing it out or typing it on the computer or on a chalkboard. And now I get to the point in life to where I've done all of those things through other means, one through sports and school and just myself. And now I have all of them. It's like, I don't know which one to use. Sometimes you get a problem and you're like, okay, like how do I come at the problem? Like I know too many ways to fix this problem. 
So it's like you created another problem, you know what I mean? And I think when writing, like we just had writing, it everybody just wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now with so many options, people don't know what to do. Remember being in school and you had like pen pals? You would have pen pals from other states or whatever, yeah. you know, and they they made you write. They made yep. you... What writing does is it, it forces you to uh, think about your thoughts. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Okay. Um, texting doesn't so much... No. You know, you could just shoot off a text, but when you if you sit down and write a handwritten letter or yeah. even typing that out, you got to think about... Yeah. What it is you want to articulate. Even an email, you still got to think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And technology has gotten us away from that. It's, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're quick to shoot some quick, yeah. you know, abbreviations, you know, SMDH, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Instead of whatever. Really so mean? I try I try to even, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm going to use this as an example, though. So um, sometimes men, men, young, young men. Mm-hmm. Um, what age group are you when you say young men? Young men asking for my asking for yourself. <laughs> young men that can, that term. I'm 32. Could be, okay, yeah, you're a young guy okay. for me. Okay, no, I, I would consider myself a young man. Yeah, you're a young guy for me, but like I've had them as young as 22. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like they're texting me and they're communicating, and it's like <laughs> a totally different beast. That I'm used to, you know, they're using all these yeah. emojis and abbreviations, That's and deep. I'm in complete sentences. That's you know what I mean? Because I, I, I'm a writer. That's what I do. Like, but that's writing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it is. It's like texting has become back to like what I feel like cave paintings and stuff was. It's like people <laughs> used to talk with pictures. You're you know right. what I mean, for real? You're right. Because they right. didn't even have all these letters and words like for stuff, but like a picture could still sum up, you know what I'm talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's, so I think this new generation, we're, we're being yeah, absolutely, to? absolutely. But but in a, it's a good thing because we're even getting back to like the entrepreneurial age where everybody wants to have income for themselves, not even necessarily just work for themselves. They want to have a separate income that's like I'm in control of. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. It's, it it benefits us too, you know what I mean? But yeah, there's a lot of things to where I just feel like we're reverting back to like we're gonna wake up one day like man, like we've been stupid for like the past 200 years, and at that point <laughs> it's like we're gonna see what happened because <laughs> I feel like that's how we got technology. Like things were so bad, they're like we got to do something else, and then we got technology and it fixed those things. So they're like, all right, let's just rely on this. But, like, mm-hmm. when you rely on something, it's like, when do you stop relying on it? Think about it. Like, not <laughs> you that you have a rely cell phone, on this. how many numbers do you memorize anymore? None. Exactly. The ones I already knew. The ones yeah. that I already knew. Yeah. And but mine, before that, none. you memorized every number. I don't number. even get my number out no more. I get people on social media. Yeah, that's where we at with it. Right. But then once it started kind of working, I'm like, I was building up my followers, too. So I'm like, all right, just hear my Instagram. <laughs> and I don't want you to have my number, too. So it kind of worked out. Right. Well, the creeps will just call you on social media yeah. anyway. I, I will never answer. I can't. If you FaceTime me and I don't got your number saved, or you just call me on social media, you're we're blocked. done here. Yeah, we're done here. yeah, you're blocked. Like, Period. warn me. Let me know. Period. Schedule this. Something. Don't just, especially not no video chat. Because there's so many things going through my mind of why you thought this was a cool right. thing to do. I- <laughs> like, because I don't understand like, what you, you was thinking. Because right. I would never do nothing like this. Right. Like, I ain't talked to Tom since elementary. Let me FaceTime him real quick. Like, no. Like, why would I? No. 
with that right. man. Mind right. his business, or I've like never even met Jaylana. Let, <laughs> let me video chat. Let me see what they up to. Like, <laughs> nah. But I seen that on Facebook the other day. It was just like this new generation, like, is trying to normalize a bunch of weird shit, and like, we ain't going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> no. we ain't them. And I and I was I had a young guy on last week. He was like eighteen or nineteen. But I'm just really seeing like how the world has changed. You know what I mean? And it used to be families could be in the same house and you can have three generations and it made sense. But like our generations now are so far apart. It mm-hmm. just don't make sense. You know what I mean? My grandma just couldn't fathom how I was living. And at that time I didn't think it was nothing crazy. You know what I mean? So now that she's gone, God rest her soul. And I think about what I do now. I'm like, that would have blew her mind. Like, <laughs> like how are you mm-hmm. doing this? Is it three of y'all? Like, how are you doing this every day? Mm-hmm. And I never understood when I was a kid, but as an adult, I get it. Their whole day was different. Everything was structured differently. You know what I mean? Like, they was even working less hours in the day because they just yeah. didn't do this much. And then as we got into more technology, we started wanting to do more. Like, we just wasn't satisfied no more. And we needed more money. So and now people got to work most. more. <laughs> we, we just keep doing the most now. Like And we have to pay for it because now people got to work more. And yeah. like, now it's, relationships are suffering. So it's just kind of like, well, was technology worth it for it to be progressing as fast as it did? Absolutely, we needed technology. But now it's just like, look at phones. Like, we we waiting for the next new thing next week. And it just, the new thing just came out a week ago. Like, yeah. well, we, we can't even enjoy stuff because you, y'all waiting on the next thing now. Well, yeah, and, and entertainment is like that, too. Like, yeah. It's like um, doing anything creative. They're waiting for the next thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, you got this book. What's next? Yeah. Oh, you doing that? Okay, so what you doing after that? It's like, well, dang, let me finish doing this. And I feel like that's what, why everybody went independent. Because, like, who would want to work under that? You know what I mean? Like, you're a rapper, you signed to a label, but you can kind of tell they already prepping the guy to replace you. Like, mm-hmm. I ain't coming to work under that uh, every day. I'm not going to put out good work. <laughs> I'm going to put out diss tracks on all y'all in here. <laughs> Hopefully they good, because this was about to come out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So now, again, it perpetuated everybody wants to be independent. But within that, like, we're learning now, like, it was, it kind of hindered us because now they're being independent and, yeah, they're making their own money, but, like, y'all's business is trash. Right. And that was something that y'all was getting in the 90s because these record labels was teaching you how to be in an interview and how to yes, carry yourself exactly. and what you should know exactly. and what you should not say. And, okay, what, three-time felony? He probably shouldn't go with you. Like, you had that. So now right. that it's just you... <laughs> And the only thing you, you was was a hood nigga. Like, you gonna do hood nigga stuff at your job. And when has that ever worked out for somebody? You ain't never no, heard somebody like, yeah, this some hood nigga shit and got a promotion. Like, nah. Never. never. <laughs> so but it's a disservice. Niggas, hood niggas think, though. They do. <laughs> but it's not But it's not the thinking aspect, like, you know what I mean? That I start to understand why their life was so different. Like, it was just no different than entrepreneurs. They understand calculated risk. And people who don't really go far, like, the risk is what's keeping them from doing this. But you ain't going to find an entrepreneur who just can't tell you the risk up front. They just, they knew that going into doing this. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. And the people who don't, it's like it, they were too afraid. <laughs> but everybody who got a business ain't an entrepreneur. You know I mean? agree. And I'm glad that it's now, like, so coveted and it's popular now. Because it wasn't popular again, like, when we were coming up. Like, we were getting pushed towards college. Exactly. So it was not, this is all new. I keep telling these, this new younger generation, like, we had to go through a lot of shit to where y'all have things how it is right now. But it was mm-hmm. not like that for us. Y'all playing a video game and making money. <laughs> they was like 
trying to shame us off the game. Like, y'all ain't never going to, this ain't never going to make you no money. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Like, me and some of my friends, we were starting businesses, and you're still having, like, job applications <laughs> pushing your face. Like, what about this job? I'm like, you know, see this business I'm building? And, like, right, right, right. <laughs> why don't you put something into this and stop trying to, you and, know and what I mean? And it's hard to, it's hard for a person to shift that mindset. Yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, I come from that generation where you you work or you go to college, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. So when my life started flipping inside mm. out mm. a few years ago, it was literally three years ago. Mm. I've always felt like I've always been an entrepreneur because I've always want, did different things, you know, MLMs, things like that, I, because I've always had that. But um, a few years ago, I was forced to leave corporate America. I had a six-figure job. Mm. And was forced to leave. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure shit out real fast. You know what I mean? And it was like, I could have easily just went right back into a different role or whatever. Right. But I was like, nah, I'm going to try this entrepreneur thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And really, really go for it with my heart and soul. And it was a struggle. It was a real, real struggle. And I had friends telling me, you need to just go get a job. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not feeling like... I'm supposed to do that, you know what I mean? And it's kind of hurting this friendship, but nah, tell me more. <laughs> you right, know what right, I mean? Right. <laughs> and now those same friends now, almost three years later, like, you know, I, I kind of like the entrepreneur thing that I you're doing. I try that. I see how, you know, and it's like... You were right. <laughs> right. And I thought, you know, for people who are religious uh, or whatever... Story of my life. I think I prayed about it more than you did. I think I thought about what I wanted to do with my life yeah. more than anybody yeah. else. Mm -hmm. So, and that that and that's part of it too. When you're when you're creative and in, in entertainment, it's like everybody feels like they want to have a say mm -hmm. on who you are, mm -hmm. um, how you should look, where you should live, how you should live. I mean, everything, and it's like. You just got to come to the to realization that you're never going to please everybody. One decision you make is going to piss off a whole demographic For of sure. people. And, and you just got to be okay with it. Yeah. And I think that, like, people who don't understand that sometimes learn that humility through a fan base. Because, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you get enough followers, it's going to be some people pissed off by everything you got to say. It won't be the same people, but somebody's going to be mad because there's mm -hmm. enough people seeing what you got to say. Oh, yeah. So I would agree. Um, I, I kind of understood that. That's what forced me into business when I was a kid because I would consider myself like more a hustler. Like okay. I was selling trading cards and we was selling cell phones and putting ringtones on people's phones. And nice. I just knew to do it. You know what I mean? And we low key, I mean, certain instances, like we just getting a whole bunch of candy and selling them like, like you know what I mean? For a dollar at the wreck and all of that. So it's like I just knew to do it and not even realize what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. So as I got older, I tried to use that, like, to, to really, like, establish business. And I was like, okay, like, being a hustler and a business person is two completely different things. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to see, too, why I was holding back a lot of my friends. Because they were hustlers and they didn't understand business. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to go learn it and just see if it's for me or if it's something I can use. And then when I got into business, that's when I started to understand entrepreneur. Like, what that really means and 
how they live their life and they're doing the same things as the hustler but they just figured out how to monetize everything that they're doing mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff you're doing that's why it's called hustling <laughs> you feel me you hustling right. backwards like you right. working way harder than you got to work to be doing this because you're not thinking about it you're just trying to hustle you're just trying to do the work and get through and like look like you're doing something but like you said if, if you really would have just sat and thought about this that's the business in it. Now you can do the logistics. Now you can really see the numbers. Mm -hmm. And those things, they're misleading when you don't have consistent numbers, when you just start something for the first time and it sell out like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How many people yeah. have gone through that in history and then you buy up all this inventory and now you're living with all this inventory because now people don't want it no more. Right. right, right. <laughs> and see that. Because you and got see, excited. But see that, that whole, the whole, um, Instant success thing yeah. can also be a hindrance because oh, yeah. back when I was doing plays, the very first time I did my play, it sold out that weekend. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's you tough. had such huge success. Yeah. So you look for that going forward. You know, so, you know, the next few plays I had, you did, they, they were successful. Um, I was accepted to the Atlanta Black Theater Festival and the D.C. Black Theater Festival, awesome. you know what I mean? So I started doing plays to try to, you know, raise money for that. Mm -hmm. Then we had Steubenville, Ohio. We decided mm -hmm. to take it to Steubenville. Steubenville had us in the red, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, it was a, but it was a learning thing. It's like Why? you, you can't. You can't because one of the uh, one of the girls, the director was from there, Personal so reasons. I thought that she, well, <laughs> thought that she would have those connections, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, she thought that she would have those connections, right. and so I learned some <laughs> things in business, and so did, and she learned that it was humbling that I made it look easier than what she thought it was. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. But I also learned too, like you know, sometimes it's gonna be like this. Yeah. And then you got to take when it's like that, you got to look at every aspect of it and see, okay, what could we have done differently? Like, yeah, all of that. Mm -hmm. And just and, and just analyze it. Mm -hmm. and, and going forward, take that information for the next one. I'm learning now, too, like, those are the things that, like, the cons like consistency breeds. You know what I mean? Because, like, to me, that's, I mean, that's number one, especially if you're talking about having a business, like, it's consistency should be, like, your number one plateau, mm -hmm. and I think for our generation, like, it kind of even hurt us so much more, because a lot of this stuff was floating around, and we were hearing about it, and they're like, be consistent, and don't do drugs, and da 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 you know what I mean? So, it's like, it's floating around, we're hearing it, but then we're, like, not seeing this be done at all. Right. We you don't see, what see I mean? the consistency, even in the people... Before us. Yeah, so even when you know it, you don't really know it. You don't know to do it. So then once you learn and you start being consistent, that's when it hits you. That's when I got it. In the middle of it, I said, okay, this is why you're consistent. Because if I look back over the last three months, like these two ideas didn't work. I edited them, I changed them. This idea did work. I kept going it. I brought this person on and did this and did that. And now you can look at that whole three like, okay, I get it. You couldn't have did that in one weekend. So you would have never got this feeling up front. You would have mm -hmm. had to put in your three months. You know what I'm saying? And not just to say you put in three months because you, you ain't learning nothing. You just put in the time and it's different for everyone. It might take me in certain areas two months to learn something to take you six. Right. And then that discourages people and they're just like, but I'm like, there's things that you can learn today that might take me a year. So let me ask you this. <laughs> like, it's your perspective Let me ask you this. Even though you are the interviewer, but let me ask you, you this. Because we're talking about consistency yeah. and we're talking about how like our generations had to learn that. Yeah. But so, let me ask you this though. 
Mm-hmm. What we have learned, the consistency part, mm-hmm. I believe is helping the generation behind us because we because we're mirroring that or we're they're seeing that. You know what I mean? That has to help. We we saw a lot of what we saw was like a double standard. Don't do this, don't do that. Right, right, right. And it's like, but you're doing that. I don't understand. Watching you do it. Right, right, right. Me right. Not to do it. But they're, they're seeing a pattern. They're seeing consistency in some yeah. areas. So it makes it it makes it seriously easier for them to walk number one, walk through doors. Number one, master certain things like social media and things like that. To, to them, younger generations, it just comes natural. Yeah. They don't work at algorithms and things like that mm-hmm. the way that we do. True. But I think it's because we've mirrored some consistencies before them, so it made it easier for them to do what they do. That's just my thought process. I, I would say I agree on that, but I think where we're getting to this newer generation is... Um, it's, it's it's such like it's like a catch twenty two, you know what I mean? I use it a lot with music too, especially with hip hop, because like in the eighties and nineties, like I loved like the gritty rap, you know what I mean? And I understand why that's not around no more because like people aren't living how they was living no more. Right, right. It ain't right. like the Wild Wild West no more. Yeah, stuff happened, but it ain't like that right. no more. Yeah, people were safe in areas they weren't never safe in back then. Mm-hmm. So now that produced a new type of music. You get what I'm saying? But I mean, that's why history like also repeats itself, and we kind of already know what's about to happen, and that's why I think so many people of like our generation are stepping up and trying to do more because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like they about this new generation is going to struggle, like life is going to punch them in the mouth. It's going to kind of be how it was with white people. Like what happened with them is they were so coddled and spoiled, and they never had to struggle. The first time life punched them in the mouth, and like mommy and daddy's money couldn't buy you out of this, they folded. They either became fiends or killed themselves. Like, first occurrence. And they, like, you know, they watching us react to it. Like, y'all so judgmental. Like, because we've been struggling our whole life and we still here. Get up and go to work. Right, right, Life didn't go your way one time and you are you were just done. You just hanging it up. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then, like, we're just like, what? And then I get older and I get in the psychiatrist, start learning. And I understood why. Like, they, ne- they, they parents handle everything for them. They never had to stand up for themselves. They never had to wipe your ass. So when you got to start doing that stuff for yourself, you know what I'm saying? The first thing you feeling is like bitterness. <laughs> so y'all just had all this money. We had all this, but y'all really didn't prepare me for life for real. You know what I'm saying? So now they got to accept that and they got to decide what they're going to do with that. And that's why I'm worried about this new generation because I feel like our generations that go in there because we didn't have technology and now we have it and we do both. So we learn lessons they'll never learn. They're growing true. up in technology. That's true. You see what I'm saying? And there's a lot of yeah. older people that even flirt around like, what if technology and all that go away? I'm like, this new generation of kids is going, it's going to kill them. Like, it's going to hurt their whole, because they, they wouldn't know what to do, most of them. Yeah. And then you'll have those you outliers that, that just figure it. Absolutely, I could. <laughs> I mean, do, but do you see it going away, though? Yeah, for sure. I don't see it going We're away. We're going to get to a point where we don't, I mean... We don't really need it. it. It hasn't really given us anything that we've already had on Earth. It just has created more convenience for people. People can live on convenience now. But there's no different happening today than back then. We just have more media. We have more press. We can just right. see more. Right. Which is also, again, I don't agree with. I don't like. Because <laughs> now it's making a lot of us like anxious. And it's making a lot of us indecisive because we have so much going on in our head. Right. But you know what? We, we, we'll see. We need to evolve, though. That's the thing. 
We need to evolve. We can. We can. I believe we can. We can. We can. I feel like we're the martyrs. Our generation is the fall. Like, we're the pioneers. We're the ones who's going through this. So we're we, not going to ever gotta, benefit we, from this. We, will, we can. I think we can and will evolve. We will evolve. We have to. Into what? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it might, might be some subhuman. You just never know. It's just we, we have to evolve. I mean, but that would to. that would take I get what you're saying, but that would take decades. And how long, much longer we think the Earth got? Who knows? And we've been killing the Earth off faster than ever, and in matters of again a few decades because of technology, because of pollution, because of cars. Like absolutely, we'll be here. I think. We'll be I think here. we'll be here, but it's going to be a whole different type of world. Yeah. I don't think we'll be here to see yeah, it. I don't we'll. think the world will change in our lifetime. Oh, no. That's what I mean. Like, no, a lot no, of what no. we're doing is for our kids' right, generation. Right. That's, the world's yeah. going to be like this but for every, the rest of our lives. But everybody's doing that, though. The, the, the next generation will do for their, you know what I'm saying? Every generation has done that. Generations before us have done it and before. Mm-hmm. So it's something that's going to continue to happen. So I don't think we should worry so much. We need to just I think so. do what we can. The reason you know I say I mean? The reason I say, though, is because, like, what social media does for me that's, like, on the downside is we are communicating, but it's disconnected. Yes, I agree. So, like, you're doing something that's good, and yes, somebody can't argue the fact that you're communicating, but it's, like, how you're communicating also isn't beneficial. Like, there has to be a line, you know what I'm saying? So now it's just going to get to the point where I feel like people are going to talk less and less, and social media is creating that platform. Look at the whole structure of, like, our profile in the bio. People are so, like, locked into that. They think that's you now. This little 10 stuff and excerpts and I went to this school and this is the model. That, that ain't, that's not this person. <laughs> that's a name tag. Just an advanced one. Just a really nice one. And now those are the lines that's getting crossed. But, again, how, how would they know? They grew up in technology. So this is people to them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're not the person who went through everything and... Lost a kid and got divorced and none of that. You such and such from Arkansas that so, went to this school and this day so, and that's all they know you as. But but see, it's up to the person to decide how much they want to disclose or not. Because I <laughs> even even you can live next door to somebody uh-huh. and be t- and talk to them every day and not real and and not realize that they were a serial killer. Do you understand what I'm saying? I agree. So a, a person's gonna <laughs> a person's going to share with you what they want to share, whether it's face to face or on the internet. The internet makes it easier for people to pretend though to be something that they're not. But the, but but my point to that is like there is no face on the internet, so it doesn't. So it's never real. Like you can never talk to me online and definitively tell me it's me. You just you just think it's me, <laughs> so all it is is fake. Cause this could be her talking to you and not me. Okay, I mean, which happens more times than not. You see what I'm saying? So well, now you're compromising people. Here, here's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah, but but that that how does that happen all of the time? Absolutely. I mean, most of the people that I deal with on social media are, are that person. You know what I mean? Nah, I feel they, like they it depends are. on what you do, and I defend. I feel like it depends on how how much of it you do. It's a lot of factors, but I I would say equally. I know a lot most a lot of people who don't run theirs versus people who do, and the people that do run theirs, it's just because like they want it to be run a certain way. It's not because you, for anything else. You know what I mean? That's just them. 
They probably just like to run their stuff. Me, per se, I just want it done the right way. So if person X can do it the right way, then absolutely go do this. Yeah, you know my social saying? media is run. I have I have somebody who who runs my social media. Yeah, so I see I see both sides, but I, but too most people who have it, they, we had to start off running our own in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So people who have other people to do it now, you've seen both sides. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. So that's our benefit because I still even push like face to face marketing and especially I'm I just don't want to push this. Our older, you know, our my grandparents and them out yet, and that's what so technology is doing too. Because they don't, they're not learning and getting nothing from that. They still want physical flyers and papers or a conversation. You come to me like, yo, listen, I'm doing some Thursday night at nine. Come out. They're not gonna find out about that on Facebook. Not most of them. So it's kind of like I'm still trying to keep that alive. You know what I mean? Like, but you know what? Ain't everyday yet. life though <laughs> is pushing technology. Insurance companies, yeah. everything is pushing, you know, uh, even auto parts places, things like Everyday that. Everyday life every, is every, Everybody's pushing technology. They're pushing you to use their portals. You're pushing you to use their websites. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not just social media. It's every area of business now is turning that way, you know. So do we get mad at everybody? I mean, we. I mean, I wouldn't say we're mad though. I would just say like we have to become responsible. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. People I, aren't I upset, do. but this also happened in the '90s. Like Bill Gates was like, "Yo, if y'all don't get in, adopting the technology, y'all business will be extinct." Like this mm-hmm. is where the world is headed. Yeah. And look at how many people laughed at him. And look at, I mean, what y'all doing now? <laughs> you know, respectfully working at Lowe's. It's probably a nice job. I don't know, but. Look at what he did. <laughs> and he literally warned y'all. And y'all was his colleague. He thought was a friend. And he's like, yo, homie, like, learn this technology thing. Learn the keyboard yep. and the computer. And then now our generation's coming in, not feeling bad or guilty because, like, we're replacing them in jobs. Mm-hmm. And then they're lashing out on us and snapping. And then we just telling them the reality. These kind of jobs were created for us. But y'all didn't keep with the time. So now y'all right. are filling a bunch of positions that now kids can't get jobs. So now, like you said, technology is being forced. So now new businesses mm-hmm. are being created just so they, because they are going to push the economy. So they have yep. to be a working. So they didn't take none of that account, like everything that was going to topple like that. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's the part Absolutely. too with this new generation. Why I'm so concerned is because like we went through that and that inspired us to do what we did. Yeah. And I'm just like now, like, I mean, what's their inspiration? Like right now in 2021, if you're nine, like what's inspiring to you? You get what I'm saying? Because two, if you kind of, y- your family are kind of well off, you kind of had some money. When I was coming up, like it was kids in my school, they weren't eating certain days. Like a lot of the school was poor. Like these people were poor. You know what I mean? A lot of my friends are in better neighborhoods. Their families are in better neighborhoods. Like these kids are having whole different childhoods, but rightfully so. I didn't want them to grow up like us. But on the back end, I'm concerned because, I mean, innovation comes from, like, <laughs> destruction. Does that chaos from when people think this is about to be the end of the world? And then that's humanity. There's a person that's like, nah, I got this. And then things change. That was technology now, for why us. Why don't we ask them? Why don't we ask the nine-year-olds what inspires them? I feel like we do. Let's, let's just, I mean, that, I feel that's, like that's we the, do, but, it's, but, but how can we expect them to know, too? It's... Parenting is like the hardest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. It's the hardest thing in the world. (laughs) I I raised two sets of children. I raised two sets of children. I raised my first three, and then I raised three grandchildren, too. Mm. 
So awesome. yeah. yeah. So I, I and so I, I kind of like I kind of because I, I looked at raising six different kids. My oldest son was special is special needs. Okay. He's thirty. And dang, Aaron is thirty four now. Um, <laughs> autistic, nonverbal, severely okay. autistic, nonverbal. So I learned a lot. Yeah. From raising him, you know what I mean. Just being an open mind, just being open minded, and um, mm. just try to figure out the root of an issue with a kid, and looking at each of them as individuals, as opposed to trying mm. to use the same cookie cutter method for discipline and affirmation, mm-hmm. because. It doesn't work. You're not creating boundaries. They don't know the difference between the two. You have to establish those boundaries for them. Like, this is good, this is bad. And sometimes we blur those lines because we don't know what to do. So we just do And every kid is different. Exactly. The way you affirm one child does not work. Yeah. The way you affirm another. Yeah. And it's such a a touchy... It's funny, too, because this is something I speak about frequently. You know what I mean? Because it's... A part of like, cause I, cause I went to school for psychology. You know what I mean. So it's a part of like theory, cause I write theory too, and it's a part of one I'm coming up with. Cause my four year old is autistic, and like I've been studying psychology probably since I was like 12 years old. You know what I mean. So like 20 years, like you do something for 20 years, like it's gonna change your mind about it. You're gonna learn something. Mm-hmm. And if anything I learned is like 100%, like I'm almost certain, like I had autism. But at the time, yeah. it was really hard to see that and get that. And I feel like what worked for me is kind of what I'm trying to get these parents to push. It's like what me and his mom kind of had to go through. Like, I think I was able to overcome it because people wasn't handicapping me. They just treated me like a regular kid. And now all of a sudden we just, oh, no, don't do that or say that. Because he, like, nah, treated them like a regular kid. And then they going to just adopt into society. But if you treat them, you're handicapping them, I feel like. I might have to disagree just a little bit. And here's why. Go ahead. Because everybody, everybody's perception of treat him like a regular kid is not the same, and and I and I'll share my own personal experience. Um, my son, my old Aaron, Aaron was sixteen at the time when I got finally got married, mm-hmm. and um, his my husband's sister was a special needs teacher. Uh-huh. Special needs teacher told him, treat him, you treat him just the same, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. But in his mind, this is a sixteen year old boy, even though he can't talk. He can't verbally communicate. I need to treat him like a 16-year-old boy. And he tried to do physical harm to him several times. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? And my mm-hmm. son wasn't a violent child. Yeah. So everybody's perception of treat them like somebody normal, you got to figure out what it, what does that mean to you? You know, and I understand taking boundaries off and pushing them to be everything that they are supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? But... What is normal? Well, normal. We need to find. We need to even well, normal, define what well, is normal. Well, there's no. Well, there is no. There's no collective normal. But normal, we have that construct in our head because you understand what handicap is. Right. That means you have a construct I of what you think it normal he is. Gave, I understand. No, but it that means they diagnosed you, him. Right. So that means you understand what normal is, correct? But learn. But but raising a child. No, I'm just I'm I'm breaking it down for you. Do you understand what normal a, is through the difference? I know. I understand so the definition of normal. So inherently, yes. human, we mm-hmm. treat them differently. How we compartmentalize stuff in our head like that, we're inherently naturally going to treat them differently. Literally, 
Yes, we do. When we, we hear someone's handicap, it instantly changes your perception of them. You can hear a whole story about somebody I did just, something, and they're like, I, 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 oh, I well, they, well, they... I would have to disagree because I guess because I've raised I've raised a son like that. That's one person for thirty something years. That's one person, and he was severely yeah he is he was severely autistic, nonverbal, behavioral challenges in the very beginning. When I'm saying like off the chain, this he was borderline with somebody that you can put in an institution. Mm-hmm. A lot of people and are. I raised and I raised yeah, him. Are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's so, but that's, that's so I feel you living through that experience. You learn from that, and you learn you learn how to deal with people. You learn how to treat. I disagree. People. You learned your son through that experience. You learn how to deal with people by dealing with multiple people similarly. And and I, and, I, and as a result <laughs> of raising him, I, I with, came across multiple people. But I dealt with you clients, what I'm saying? so I'm dealing with people yeah. in the same focus area. I can see more than a parent, and then I also am a parent with an autistic right. kid. So okay, but again, you see what I'm like saying? I said, I've come across multiple. <laughs> I've come across multiple people with autism and things like that, and I've, I was able to foresee it, and you know, before their parents could see it. Do you understand what I'm but saying? But that was that generation. Because a lot of these CEOs no, 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 no. have this, this, autism. This is, this is not that generation. It this was. is this generation. Nuh-uh. I can look at a child now and see, oh, okay, before their parents can see. Because I've seen it throughout the years. And I've seen I've seen different spectrums of it. You that, know what I'm saying? But that's my point. It started three generations ago. But they didn't know. A lot of these CEOs now have autism. A lot of these higher-up big people like have all the 20s. Autism started in like the 1950s. So like that's 20s. proving by point when we wasn't over dramatizing it and it wasn't all these movements and stuff. People know. were moved. It wasn't as harmful. But as soon as we start being like, we got to diagnose them and we need medicine. And they got all, and they, they it got they, worse. They just didn't know. Here's it the got thing. worse. They though. just didn't know and they and they mistreated it a lot. They called the women who carried these these children with autism refrigerator mothers. They tried to blame the diagno- the diagnosis of autism on the mothers as if the mother was a frigid cold person. Right. That's how it, that's how it started back then. So the, so they didn't know a lot. So so as they focused more, it evolved more. Yeah, they put more focus on it and they learned more. I disagree. But they but they they did it wrong back then. I disagree. They did it wrong. They had people in institutions that should not have been. They still have they So still, they did it wrong. They still know nothing or they or care. did what they knew to do. Nah, they, I know, should say. they know nothing or care nothing about these things. It's why psychology is just now becoming a thing, and that's because of social media and technology. Psychology has been around too. And psychology oh, yeah, to me is a black science. This is art, you feel me? This is like we consider our science. That's why a lot of black people. That's that's what they. We're study taking it back and taking it over. I have I have a degree in psychology. So so the point so psychology. the point of that is psychology didn't blow up and nobody was paying attention to why it wasn't blowing up and the only reason it didn't is because they don't push medicine. So you got to understand medicine was being pushed on on us. My age group. Understood. <laughs> ADHD. ADD. They was trying to prescribe us with anything. And that's where autism fell into that. And then that's how they diagnosed, like, introduced it to autism the world, but it had already been ADHD, around. ADHD, a lot of people who had autism were misdiagnosed with ADHD. I don't even think either one of them should be even, I don't even think we should be diagnosing people like, like, that's not even how this stuff's supposed to be, and it wasn't originally like that. Somebody would come to you, like, 
more so trying to vent and letting you know and you're like, okay, this is what's going on. Now I feel like we have people going around trying to like, let me look at you, like trying to diagnose people. So yeah, if well, you're looking if you, for if a you diagnosis, a, you're going to find something. Well, uh, well, in, a, in an instance of a person like my son, someone who is not speaking, yeah. of course you got to look into it. I disagree. Do you, do you just say, well, and 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 it's I not disagree. even and it's not even medicine because my son didn't, my son was not medicated for mm-hmm. years. You understand? They waited till he was grown mm-hmm. to try to make decisions to medicate yeah. him. So I, I understand that too mm-hmm. because they tried they tried to diagnose him with ADHD first, and I'm like, no, yeah. you know, based on everything I've when read, when parents though, this is give society. pushback, they we, let it go. I researched. <laughs> but when parents don't push and back, figured out push what it. exactly was going on with yeah. him before yeah. I had him taken in. It was like, it, and and that was to for, to be honest, that was like the grace of God because my sister was in school and she was taking a psychology class. And she had to go into a home yeah. of a child uh, who had autism. And she noticed his behavior were, was a lot like Aaron's. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, you know, we need to look into this. So I started, I, then I started reading up on it and observing yeah. my son. Yeah. And even the school system was like, oh, we don't know, da-da-da-da, maybe he's ADHD. No, yeah. well, have you considered this? Yeah. I had to bring it to them. Right. Because they had no clue. They wanted to just do whatever it was. That they wanted to do with him, mm-hmm. but that's the but that was the part to where like I was seeing on that scale, and there is so many parents like you out there. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And those are always the parents I give my credit to, but like they're not the majority. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> and that's why that's why but my heart goes know. out because that's what I don't know where to because that's resources. how it is with these doctors, like especially with black parents. You feel me? Like like we just said, like if you give them pushback, they gonna back off. But eight out of ten parents is just they throw all these big words and they your kid's sick and they might not live. You like, all right, like just give it to them. Or you see what I'm saying? Your kid hyper. Let me. I'll give you something to calm yeah. them down. And I had too. to. And I had to humble myself with that. Like a lot of stuff. Like because I was just an anomaly in so many things I did. And a lot of stuff that worked for me, I was trying to give it to other people. But that was what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make it work for them. But I'm like, it don't work like that. And then I really started seeing like how damaged people was. And I first got wind of that literally just through communication. Like, mm-hmm. like we can't even sit and have a conversation. Like, what is going on? You know what I mean? These times is crazy. And I came we from the can. time where I sat oh with God. elders, older people. I would just sit and we would talk for days and hours. To I didn't grow now, up like that with peers. Now, this is how <laughs> communication works now. Attack, be you, and I, you and I have this conversation. Okay, say we have this, this conversation we had about autism. Yeah. Say uh, six months from now. You change your mind and you say something else. Yeah. The way the society works now, mm-hmm. oh, do, how dare you change right. your mind? You said that? No, you said Stick that. Stick with that ago. forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yours now. Right, you right. touch it, you buy it. <laughs> like, right. wait. <laughs> but that, too, mm-hmm. was why I was seeing the separation. And, and as much as, like, I was excited at first because I'm like, all right, I'm a pioneer. And at the time, like, I had just lost my son. So I'm like... Mm. Going through depression, and I just know, already know more than other kids, and I also understand it's a stigma to even talk about it, go to therapy. So, like, in school when I was hooping, most of my team didn't even know this was going on. And I wasn't even going to think to do it, but my grades wow. were slipping, and one of the student coaches literally was just like, I got a friend, and he gave me his number, and I hit him, he was a therapist. And he didn't even know I was in school, literally, too, for psychology. So I go there with him and just build a relationship with him. He kind of the one that got me, talked me out of it. Because uh, psychology, and I've been st- I was studying at that point for like 12 years, you know what I mean? But he kind of told me, he showed me the reality of it, and 
he was just miserable. Like, and he was maybe like 45. He's a white male. You know what I mean? Published books. Like, had the whole American dream. 2.5 kids or whatever the hell they say. They go to Disney like two times a year. Mm -hmm. Six figures. But he hated, he was miserable. And he was the type of, uh, when I was apprentice with him, he was the type of therapist who he's seeing like ex-cons. So he's seeing people that like, you know, they just drown their kid, their family in the bathtub type shit. And, and he got to come sit down it. like, so why did you do that? You know what I mean? And I'm just sitting in this room like, I'm not even knowing this is about, this is my first time it went that far. Because sometimes it'd just be relationship stuff that they're just, and he's like, you're overreacting. And they like, and I'm like, all right, they was overreacting. But he, this was different. And he had schizophrenia. They later found out. You know what I mean? But Buddy was nuts. But he, it was just kind of like, he asked him what happened. He's like, all right, I woke up. You know, it was Wednesday. I was hungry. Went downstairs. Made some breakfast. You know what I mean? Well, my wife said something that didn't happen. And then I yelled at her and I went to work. And then he's like, okay, like, that's not how it happened. Like, try to remember how it really happened. You know what I mean? So he's like, like, I'm trying to type it. He's like, all right, just try it a little hard. And they really be struggling trying to remember. So he's like, all right. I got up, went down, made breakfast. You know what I mean? My wife said something I didn't like. And then telling the whole story of how he proceeded to take him to the bathtub. And he drowned him in the bathtub. And then just went back to work in his day. Like, none of it had ever happened. You know what I'm saying? So this was what I, I never, people never There's don't. No way, right? and, I, and I was already, like, learning that, like, this was a hard life. When I was getting older, because I was a healer, and you know, you just think like, oh, they got a good life, and it's because they're like a saint. But like, nah, they go through the most shit because mm -hmm. people can't relate to them. Mm -hmm. So I was now starting to see with him what he wanted people to see. Like, y'all think all oh, this is going on, and I'm happy, but my life is is killing him. You know what I mean? And we don't think to ask that about people. We so wrapped up in the wrong shit. So I actually sat down and just thought about it, and he was doing that for a year. And he was like, the whole first year, he was like, I couldn't sleep. I was having nightmares. He was like, I'd be lashing out on my family. He was like, we're in therapy. He was just like, he was literally talking me out of <laughs> clinical. So I did it anyway. So I'm just going to do stuff anyways. And it wasn't for me. Just the whole uh, the politics. I don't like politics in my shit. You know what I mean? And it was, they was trying to play politics. And here, too, it's not really big. Like, I would have been like a guidance counselor or something, which I felt like I was trying to do more with this. You know what yeah, I mean? So I had an yeah. opportunity in Seattle, but I'm just like, nah, like, I'm going to wait it out. Let's see what's up. So then I, I got in the clinicals, and it just wasn't, like, I was just getting so turned off. And, and it wasn't even that I've been doing this for 14 years. It was just, like, how I envisioned this being me doing it, this ain't that. Like, it don't yeah. feel like this is what I want to do. So I stopped. I walked away for a while. And then I started doing panels, like mental health panels, and I really, really got into mental health. And then that's when it clicked. You know what I mean? That's the consistency. Like, even I did it for that long to learn what I needed to know. So when I came to this milestone, I'm like, damn, this is psychology. <laughs> and the dude, the, he was an elder, and he was preaching it to me, and he was just putting me on game. You know what I mean? He was telling me, like, don't cut my locks, don't cut my beard. So I already was locked in because he was talking about, like, how my idols and mentors talk. So I already locked in. He ain't even know it. You know what I mean? And then he was just talking about psychology and everything that was going on. And uh, that was the event. I was at. I'm not, was not even looking at it like that. It's it once he helped me see it like that, I'm like, damn, like I am still doing, like I'm still doing what I was doing. So like that gave me a whole new perspective on it. And now that's like my direction with it. Like I throw events and I make it comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, 
we gonna get coloring books and this is the therapy and we can just y'all can talk about our day this is the event we come in here we color we listen to music we vibe out and this is the kind of stuff I do at home because I need this stuff you know what I mean because mm-hmm. like I live this shit <laughs> like I don't do this because like I want like I want to like I have to I be having to do this to keep my peace and myself balanced and that's the side that people don't see in all of this like even eating healthy like that's that's a huge commitment <laughs> that's hard you know what I mean that is mm-hmm. very hard. So now I'm trying to make it more comfortable for people because you can't just start throwing people in therapy and expecting it to work. You have to meet them halfway. Yeah. And we had that when we was kids. We had therapeutic things. We have double dutch mm-hmm. shit. Four oh, square yeah. and tether ball. And you get what I'm saying? We would go on adventures, me and my friends, just get on bikes and go on an adventure for the day. And you would go through so much and these two people fall out and they teach you about this and you see this person relationship, we just learning the whole day and we learning each other. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that's, that's what true. technology has stripped from them. That's yeah, why I say we're that golden area that. because we had that. So we don't really care now. for technology because we already established so many face-to-face conversations. Yeah. I really don't need a phone. Like, I use it to make more money and establish more business, but... I don't know. I like my phone. I don't. I, I, I think everything's in there, I think. It's okay. just like my email, all that stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my laptop's like that. My tablet yeah. used to be my phone. I just would FaceTime people, but I just hate having a phone. Yeah. But it's, it's for... Like it's other stuff. I just don't like... I don't want people just... I don't know. I'm always weird about people just being able to contact me. Like, I don't know. That, too, is just why I really don't be wanting a phone. Because I feel like some people abuse that. And you let them in in like a personal or business relationship and then they like <laughs> like not spying on you you know what I mean but they using this to their advantage <laughs> and I'm just an overthinker it's just too much for you it's just I'm an overthinker like I just meet you a week ago and you done called me every day 713 like something up sis. yeah yeah that's that's different. like I'm gonna say like yeah, something yeah, but, that, that but, is... but but the average person wouldn't think about nothing like that they would just be like oh really? yeah I do. Because you ain't the average person. I'd be like... (laughs) You ain't the average person. (laughs) Yeah, listen. Something ain't right. Like, something up, what's up? You know what I'm saying? It would just throw me off. Because a natural relationship, you can't... How can you gauge that? Right, right. It happens organically. We're building it as we go. Yeah. So you can't have expectations about it. Because how would you know what's going to happen next? You know what I mean? Because if you did, we would already be in it. We're doing this now because we're establishing what happens. Right, right. But all of that is just perspective. And again, this younger generation doesn't have that. They were spoiled enough that we were going (laughs) so damn hard when they were kids. Like, they damn near skipped 20 years of stuff they had to learn because we were giving them that stuff. That's true. And I'm stressing my ass out with my son. Like, by the time he gets 12, like, damn, I gotta teach you all this shit. And I was already teaching him this stuff. You know what I mean? It's a real culture shock. Man, yeah. Because my son is uh, my middle child. He's 25. Okay. And uh, I'm like, boy, you know, he graduated from college. He's engaged now. A baby. Wait, how old? 25. 25. Um, Got a baby. So my little grandbaby, she'll be a year. But it's like a... Congrats. Thank you. Uh But it's like a... um, I think everything's a shock for him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, this is life, son. Life like, you're an adult now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to go away and do the college thing and have fun. I think, he, to me, I think he thought it was an acting gig. Yeah. You know, you go away to college yeah. and enjoy it. But I always, sleep. but I did. I made it so that they would enjoy their lives and explore and try to figure all that shit out. So do you kind of see, though, my point? And, and now, but he's not struggling. But it's, but it's not about struggling. I think it's about how we just have to look at life differently. 
And I'm allowing him to I spent so long fighting trauma and like avoiding giving my kids trauma. I created new traumas in them. So instead of me but trying to avoid tra- trauma, I don't think trauma, not not him. I'm talking about like the world, society. Yeah. You know what I mean? This but is see, why these kids are being here, hindered. Some, some trauma you don't need. Listen, listen, bro. Listen. Let me let me tell. Let me share something with you. Some trauma is not needed. I disagree. Like like molestation and shit. I mean, that's but, not needed. But you, see, some my our generation. I disagree. Our generation experienced a lot of that, you know, of molestation and rape and things like that. That trauma that we had to to adjust to. That's been happening forever, though. Yeah, yeah, it (laughs) happened, but but don't, don't, but don't disregard it because it's been happening it's forever. huge like look at how important it is yeah. in the world we do yeah. we regard it more now than ever and it still happens yeah that's my point the world is going to be the world whether exactly. you're afraid so, so, so whether should, you want should, it or not so, so do we need that kind of trauma I no mean, I don't I, think we do uh, that's why I said some trauma I said some I didn't say we didn't need any trauma but my point is then what trauma do we some need some trauma so we don't need so what trauma do we need that kind of trauma we don't so what trauma do we Hurting need her, I don't know you, you're you endorsing <laughs> trauma I'm not no you're I'm endorsing saying trauma, trauma happens so, naturally so what do we need what kind of trauma do we need because you're endorsing we don't trauma. need anything but healing but I, mean, you I just never said, said we, we needed need, trauma. I never said we needed. I said trauma is already happening. I said I tried to avoid trauma in my kids, and I created new trauma. So trauma. Right. Well, so you can't try to avoid things because it's going to happen anyway. I was running well, away from doing something and became that person. You you avoided certain traumas, but they still experienced others. Right. That's my point. Right. I mean that that's <laughs> different than saying you know you get the point is just let trauma happen. It is going to happen whether you wanna, you no, have no control no. over trauma. I, I can I can try to keep, no, control an environment where they're not where my where my children are not going to be molested as a result. So of do you see what how that to me? But on the and back end, didn't. you're creating new traumas because they're not out experiencing the world fine, living. You're fine. keeping them in the house. Well, well, thank God they're not. Well, they weren't be, they weren't being not, kept in the house. They weren't being, my children didn't, not, weren't being kept in the house. In but general, they weren't being molested. We're talking about this new society of children. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's like. Certain, that, I just said some traumas. I get what should. you're saying, but my point is that way of thinking is old fashioned. It does not work. The way of the world is not like How that no that more. that old fashioned? Because you're trying to avoid something. Life is not about avoidance. This is about I'm, living your life. Not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I'm, I'm just you trying did. to. You did. You said okay. I, I avoided molestation. I lived a certain way to no, avoid no, something. No, I didn't avoid molestation. I was molested. I'm talking so about I with how you that. raised them. But I correct? but I, I created an environment where they didn't have to experience that. So you type avoided of it, trauma. correct? So you avoided it, correct? Exactly. That creates other problems in other areas. Okay, that okay, was the point so I what, made. What have you avoided that has created other problems? Everybody yeah. does it. That's what I'm saying. That was like, the point I made. I mean So agree with me. That was you literally no, made the same point as me. I literally I don't think said we that. made the same point. <laughs> I don't think we. I, I said trauma happens, so we shouldn't try to avoid certain traumas because trauma is going to happen just by living your life. And we so got hindered because so we, we were trying to avoid all this. So stuff. we disagree. How? What did we disagree on? We disagree because I said that that I did. I thought some traumas should be avoided. You said no, they shouldn't. No, you said some trauma shouldn't happen, and trauma it, you have no control over that. So that's what I'm saying. You, how can you say that? Other people bring trauma onto you, so you have no control over not, that. Sometimes you bring trauma. Not molestation yourself. is someone else bringing right, trauma onto you. Molestation. That was the a, example. Mol- <laughs> I understand. Molestation is a trauma that someone brings onto you. But so how can all, you avoid but that? Not, but not all. So how can you avoid but that? Not all trauma is incurred by someone bringing it on you. I sometimes, agree. sometimes. Let me finish my thought, please. 
please, because so, I'm th lost. Thank you, thank you, because you, and you're interrupting, so that, that could be why you're lost. Mm. Sometimes, like you said, trauma can't be avoided. But sometimes people bring trauma on themselves by their own actions. Correct. And they Most create the those. Correct. They create those things. And usually it's from being afraid because I'm trying to avoid something. I, That's my I point I'm making. Was, and all I said was <laughs> that some trauma should be avoided. Like some or some trauma shouldn't have to be experienced. That's what I said. But if someone else brings it on you, you have no control of that. I, I, and I didn't disagree with that. So the but statement you, you're making, you see what I'm uh, saying? It doesn't. No, I don't see what you're saying. I still don't. <laughs> you're see saying what you're in a perfect world, I didn't but say the world's not perfect. World. I, you know, you know, I know that. Okay, Believe so that. so we shouldn't speak. So this Believe is my point that. of that old school rhetoric that doesn't work in this day and age, and we still bring that up. Like, well, we should and shouldn't. You can't control what other people do. We can only control yeah, how we right, react to right. it. You're right. You're absolutely right. So we shouldn't right. even be telling these younger kids what they should and shouldn't. We should I encourage never do. them. Let me tell you something. See, you taking this person like, I, I don't do, know you, so, so I'm speaking in general. Okay, <laughs> you but, I, but I'm just saying what you're saying. Well, you shouldn't. I you said we. Should. Okay, I said well, we. we shouldn't. You're right. You, we shouldn't. That's not this. That's we. And I don't. So, I, I know. That's I mean, awesome. I don't. So, I mean, that, that's the point that I was making to you. But there's 10 billion people in the world, so you're I'm kind of right. thinking you're... about them and not one. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. And that level of thinking is what got the world right here in this new generation. <laughs> and it's not wrong, but it's that's why it's so important for us to have these conversations. Because, again, two, life is perspective. Mm -hmm. We all going to live it differently anyways. Exactly. But if we I can agree. have an understanding of why you feel the way you do, because mm -hmm. I don't care how you feel the way you do, just like you don't care how I feel. You know what I mean? You're going to live Absolutely. your life how I live. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, but that, me understanding that created a realm to where I can start having conversations with people. And I say how I feel. They say how they feel. And it's no miss. It's just, it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to have that with our age group because they couldn't communicate. So if you say something to hurt their feelings, they automatically shut down. And I'm not used to that because I was a kid that talked like elders. You know what I mean? I thought like elders. So those was mostly the people I was talking to. And they old people, they don't care. They, they probably drunk half the time. You can really Ooh, say, look, you really slide some stuff in there. Don't really they don't even realize what you're saying. Look, you're like, wait, what'd you say? Nothing. Just walk away. But this new, it was like, okay, I can see what's going on with you. Da, 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 and, and they just shut down. You know what I mean? So I'm, I was like trying to figure out where I was coming from. And I learned it was like in home. It was something similar to like what I was going to, where some people just do something for so long and get so far gone, they just feel like there's no turning back. Like, I just got to be like this now. And I ain't really rocked with my kid for so long, so I can't just pop up and be a parent. And like mm. our generation was, it, it made no sense to us because we were working yeah. two, three jobs to keep our kids happy. Yeah. And a lot of us didn't feel like we had parents. You get what I'm saying? So like we went through that and mm -hmm. it was starting to humble us because we were getting everything we wanted. We was getting that family, but, like, we were still broken and damaged. And then that's when I understood, like, I did all of that and stopped those generational curses for my kids. You know what I mean? And that's the ultimate sacrifice. Like, you did all of this, and there ain't no reward or no payout. It's just, like, you know, a slip. Congratulations. Right. This was, get this to your kid. They can cash this in one day. And that is, to me, is parenting. That is when it helped me mature. You know what I mean? It helped me realize, like, their lives... Ain't about me. <laughs> and listen, when they, when, they, when they get grown, it definitely don't be about you. And we, and that's what it's, we need to understand. Yeah. Our age group, because we don't mm -hmm. have twenty year old. You know what I mean? My my oldest son is ten. They go, yeah, they go off, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I only birth you and but you know what? It's like you, but you can't hold on to them. Yeah. You can't. You just gotta let them, because and and it was a culture shock for me. When 
I was okay when my grandbaby came, but mm-hmm. I realized I was number three. You know what I mean? Mm. So I don't know who's number one. Maybe the yeah. fiance or yeah. the baby, whichever one. They're number one, and then then there's number two, and then I'm number three. You know, but that's the way that it should be because he's creating his own life now. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I feel like you know when you do what you're supposed to do as a parent, you released him to yeah. to be whatever. But that's hard too. I can't imagine that. Man, it's hard. Because I wanted to be a mama's boy, and I seen how hard it it's was hard. for her, like, because she just seemed like he about to leave one day and not with it. And she's like, wait, not yet. Like, you was just a baby. But and I couldn't appreciate it because I was a kid. And then when I had kids, I just told my mom, like, be, I felt a, for he's you. He's becoming a hover parent. Like, I haven't even had my grandchild overnight. You know, like, most, I, she's almost a year. I have not had an overnight visit yet. I feel He's, for like, that. hovering, like, no you know, wait another six months or whatever. I'm like, well, Damn, I needed yeah. that because that's me and my mom. And I didn't realize I was doing that to her, but I was just, I was, I needed to always know what was going on to them because, like, I went through more stuff than most people. Okay. So it kind of, like, I was afraid for them. You get what I'm saying? And I had already lost a kid. So I was really just, oh, like, yeah. my first son passed away. So I'm just, like, again, I'm an anomaly. Like, a lot of stuff I, I mm-hmm. had to go through, that's what gave me that insight. I realized mm-hmm. this was for other people. And yeah. I was making it personal. I'm like, why me? Like, why would this happen to me? You feel me? And then you see the bigger picture. Yep. Because I helped somebody and they write this paragraph and they was like, bruh. And then I seen it. Like, when I was your age and I was going through this and I needed somebody, I didn't have that. And now, like, I can be that for you. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends who went through that similar too, but it was the opposite for them. They was like, oh, you know, I ain't had no dad, so I ain't being no dad. Why should I have to be a dad? Because wow. I ain't. And that shit was breaking my heart because I'm like, how could you feel like that? You know what I mean? I was a kid. Like, shit, I ain't going to make my kids feel like this. Yeah. That was me. That's what I was sowing and planting as a child. You know what I mean? Right. I'm just like, nah, I'm going to do it different. You planning it out. like. But also, I'm realizing like this shit is sad as fuck. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So now we're getting into that point where we, we shelter them so much. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned now because they just don't understand basic shit. They don't. I be looking at my son like that. I'm telling you, he can do some complex shit, but he can't make like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I be so confused. Like, how can you do this and not do this? <laughs> like, what, how, bro? You get yeah. what I mean? But yeah. then my mom see it time, and she's like, that was you. So I'm like, parenting <laughs> like this. I'm mad at everybody that made sex seem cool like after I had kids. Because I'm like, nah, y'all ain't tell us about this. This is crazy. <laughs> But they saved my life, like, because they changed my mind. You know what I mean? They gave me options. And at a time before them, I didn't give myself options. It was survival. That was it. So with them, you give yourself options because you're like, nah, I can't just survive and take care of them. I got to learn some stuff. Yeah. I got to drop some people off. I got to stop doing this Mm -hmm. over here. I got to drink less. You feel me? I got to go to bed early. Yep. You do a lot. Yeah. Raising kids, you, you know, you sacrifice and to do it, you know, the way that you think is the right way yeah. to do it. You know what I'm saying? Be- because they didn't ask to be here. Yeah. And that's how I feel They about didn't it. ask to be here. Period. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's so crazy. I had one of the tax preparers called the office the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, checking on her paycheck or whatever. I hadn't even seen her. Yeah. Like, all tax season, okay? And, um, and I'm like, well, you know, the owner ain't came in yet. And she's like, well... You know, I got seven kids. I ain't living how you living. Yeah. And I'm thinking, nobody told you to have seven kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, and, and although I want to be empathetic, yeah. but again, nobody told you to have seven kids. Mm-hmm. And how do you know how I'm living? I could be flossing, fronting. Exactly. You can think I'm living a certain way. 
Exactly. But that's your perception because of how you're living. Yeah. You know, with, it's it, defensive. It's like yeah. you thought I was going to try to insult you, and I'm here to help you. Right, right. <laughs> you try to flex on me, and I'm trying to help you. <laughs> like, wait. Yeah, but it's like, it, it, I don't know. And, and parenting, it's just, it just looks differently. Um, yeah, it's scary because you never know if what you're doing is right right now. And I say things yeah. to them sometimes, and they say things to me, and it hurts. But then I remember, too. I said some stuff to my mom I shouldn't have said, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it wasn't the end of the world. So sometimes, too, I'm just like, all right, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They're just upset. But sometimes you just like, damn, like, should I go buy you a pony or something? Like, we cool. <laughs> you can just walk it past their room, check it on them. You gonna mess it up. <laughs> you cooking it, like, you, hey, you hungry? <laughs> I, I could tell you even little things mm-hmm. that when I look back on parenting, um, and it may seem like something small to some people, but even something, this is something really that I thought was significant. Uh-huh. I was in church back then. I was giving one of the ladies a, a baby shower. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I'm preparing the house and everything. The ladies are preparing. They're coming. My daughter comes down. She's only about seven at the time, but she's wearing the flower girl dress that she mm. wore from two years ago when I got married. Okay. And, you know... My husband at the time was like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, yeah, take that off. It's just too fancy, da-da-da-da. You know, she went upstairs and changed and came down and put on something regular. But I thought about that, like, what was so wrong with that? What was wrong? I mean, I could have stifled something, something creative in her. You know, something that was budding because of how I felt. You know, people always think, Parenting fails or because we beat our children or neglect. But those small things like that, mm-hmm. you know, where you you potentially miss the mark mm-hmm. with your kids. And I feel the like the I beating about, and neglect, like it's safe to blame it on that because yeah. we don't want to really explore what it really might right. be. Right, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And that's funny that you said that. And that's kind of too why I just be so like, it took me so long to not be bitter about, like, how I was raised because, like, how I raised my kids is, like, 100% different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it took me a long... And, again, like, I'm still going through certain things, so it's, like, you be in the mix of it. But I went through that something like that similar because most of the people I was around were older, you know what I mean, like, when I was a kid. So, and I, I let my kids talk to me, you know what I mean, respectfully, mm-hmm. but I let them talk way more than I was able to talk to. And that was my situation most of the time. I just ha- I had a big vocabulary. And they're like, a kid shouldn't be talking. Like, stay in a child's place. You feel me? Yeah, so, like, yeah. I'm already like, nah, I'm going to let them talk. So, uh, my daughter was sitting on the couch in the living room one day. Uh, she's nine now. I think she was, like, four at the time. But she was sitting on the couch in the living room, and I just came in, like, you know what I mean? Get off the couch. She was on the tablet. She got on the floor. <laughs> you feel me? So, I came back through, and she was just like, why can't I sit on the, like why can't I sit on the couch? You know what I mean? And I ain't even I wasn't expecting it, so I doubled back like what? Because it, it just sounds offensive, you right? Because right. you wasn't expecting it, <laughs> so I'm like, huh? Like come again? She's like, why can't I sit on the couch? Like ain't that what the couch is for? And I had to think about it for real too, like why I didn't even want you to sit on the couch, and then it really yeah. like. I like I'll be back. You know what I mean? I had to really think. I had to really think on it. Like, and it was because that was my childhood. I was never allowed to sit on my grandma's yeah. couch. That was all. I, like she said it so much, even when she wouldn't be there, I could hear her saying it. You get what I'm saying? So like, once I, I analyzed what it was, I just came in like, and that's how I am with them. We have like a super close relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I came back in. I'm just like, shit, you're right. Like, you sit on the couch. Like, I mean, that's what couches are for. You know what right, I mean? I'm making right. sense of it myself. Like, damn, what else would you do with the couch? 
And then, yeah. like, you're like, okay, you feel better. But then, like, later on, you see, like, you know what I mean? Like, how bad stuff is and how, too, yeah. we need to pay more attention. Because mm-hmm. I was letting this go on, and it didn't get addressed until she brought it to my attention. So yeah, now, as someone who cares, yeah. you're like, damn, what else ain't I noticing? You know what right. I mean? And to me, that's when I became a parent. Because when I wasn't being the best parent, I didn't think like that. Mm-hmm. And now that I am a, what I consider a good parent becoming even better, you know what I'm saying? I think like that. I think, mm-hmm. like, what more can I do for them? I don't yeah. never think, like, damn, I'm doing too much for them. I'm like, damn, what more can I do for them? You know what I mean? So, like, to, that was the whole, like, they really saved my life. <laughs> like, it was crazy. And I didn't realize it at the time, you know what I mean? But, yeah, <laughs> that's that. So, how do you balance all this? You got, I mean, you wrote a book. Like, how do you be a mom and you write and how? Because I can't, I love women and I love mothers, but I don't understand. I'm a man still, so I just can't empathize with y'all. You know what I mean? So I love hearing mothers' testimonies. And you you never stop parenting, even when they're grown. You don't stop parenting. It's just your role just switches a little bit. You know what I mean? They come to you more uh, for advice, for counsel kind of things as opposed to, you know. Well, I, I wasn't never really that, you know, dictator type parent anyway but oh, that's me I, <laughs> I'm a tyrant they yeah, don't seem like they hear my keys they straight up <laughs> um you just you know what prayer and meditation okay and and and, and taking it one day at a time and mm-hmm. um and my personality it's a little less type A-ish but it has been so type A-ish throughout the years, but I'm okay. learning to relax okay. and enjoy every day and every moment and trying yes. not to take everything so serious. Yes. Um, that's how you that's how you balance it and realize you can't do everything. You cannot do everything. Do what you can. Yes. And don't beat yourself up when you don't get everything done. And that, I'm ministering to myself right now because I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about that deadline that I, I set for myself <laughs> for this episode to be done. I'm yeah. like, but I, I, I'm learning not to beat myself up okay. because everything is in divine timing. Yes. Everything you want to do and be is in divine timing and the doors are open up when they're supposed to. So why worry about it? I agree with that. That's, that's real. So something I've always just, it's been on my heart and I really need your insight on it. Like, how do you share your content with your kids? Like, the content that you were kind of like, Listen. should I share this with a child? Like, how do you, like, when Listen. is the right time to share that with your, because I'd I be curious, like, when should Listen. we talk about sexuality me, with them? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, okay. well, we gotta have these conversations with each other. When do you start having sex? When they start asking. Okay. When they start asking. Um, and you'll be surprised, you know, like, and, and they'll ask at different times, like, my son was asking different things at like six, seven, you yeah, know, I was watching HBO or even at eight. or even younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, come on, now. I was HBO watching Cinemax was After Dark. Okay, <laughs> um, that's why I'm an erotic author. All right, hey. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me, and I'm so childish. I would watch like the Spanish soap opera ones. <laughs> And I'm just, a, I'm, I'm like oh. an agitated kid, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, are they sex again? Get back to the storyline. Did they kill his brother? Like, what's going on? I'm into the show. <laughs> I don't even want the porn, you know? I'm not even realizing, too, that's a part of this. Like, it just feels like everything that you told me is for me, I don't want. So these things that you're telling me is not for me might, like, mm-hmm. this shit might be for me. And let it be, and let it, <laughs> let it be natural. Like, yeah. I mean, like, like my, uh, my middle son, he... 
he knew body parts early because mm. Erica came as a baby and he saw me changing her diaper. Mm. I told him. He was like, what is that? I was like, that's a vagina. You don't have one of those. You have a penis. Well, we went to church. And um, <laughs> the, the teacher pulled me to the side. She said, we went to the bathroom. And your son came up to me. He said, I don't have a vagina. I have a penis. Confident. And I'm it. like, it's true. I mean, yeah, you know. You're right. That, you know, and just let, it, let those conversations be yeah. natural so that they feel like it's okay, yeah. you know, to have them. And, and yeah. that it's not, sex is not a dirty, nasty thing. I mean, but you ain't, you ain't, you know, at that age, you gotta be freaky either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of times when they come to you, when they come to you, what they're coming to you for is innocent. They don't know everything yeah, that you know. We overthink you know, it. You know, they talking about whole you hands. You what? Yeah, they talking about whole hands and stuff. And you're like, you wanna do what? <laughs> Like little Bow Wow down in the... Oh, okay. <laughs> they know what you was talking about. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, they innocent. Yeah, right, right. you had to remember. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's definitely, I would say, too, is, like, it was, like, a lot of my struggles as a father, especially with, like, how I was growing up and having, my like, some of my kids not as much and some of them more, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was dating women who hard. didn't deal with that. And they were dealing with men who just had them every other once in a while or never at all. You know what I mean? And mine was always inconsistently in and out type vibe. So it was well, how do you, already How do you do that? Yeah, like, oh, man. That's got to be a lot to manage. <laughs> you yeah. know, when a parent is not on board or they're just not engaged in an area. I would be honest and say, like, the way I did it, the way I feel like most people, like, black men my age did it is, like, we just mess it up. Like, we mess it up at front, at, like, in the beginning, and then we try to learn from, like, all of this. You know what I'm saying? We try to get all that destruction and pain and hurt out the way up front so we can learn these lessons. Because, like, we know, too, like, I know I'm not behind because of me, but I'm still behind. So, like, am I going to stay behind because somebody else put me behind? Or am I like, no, I'm going to get ahead because this is for my kids. You know what I mean? So we didn't realize, but that was building a whole new self-esteem and confidence level in us. And it sucked to me. I, I didn't want it because how it came. It came through trauma. So I didn't want it. You feel me? Yeah. And then, but I learned so much for it. It, it made me worry about my kids because it's like, yeah, I'm like preventing all this from you. But shit, it, I mean, it just changed my life. Like it saved my life too. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not widely accepted. So it's like, nah, if somebody start hearing you like, yeah, I'm messed up. I'm hurt. I'm depressed. You know what I mean? They're just going to instantly go, oh my God, what can I do to comfort you mode? It's, that's just how me and my homies was talking to each other. Like, like not like it was a joke, but it was just like, this is our life. So it's not like, I, I can't take it super serious. It's happening to me every day. You see what I mean? If somebody try to kill you every day, like by the hundredth day, you're not really, and it's see, just, that, you got to work. Right. See, and, and our, but we didn't know that was happening our, with people. Our yeah, things different. are different. We, met, we yeah. mess up too. We just okay. look like we don't. Okay. But we mess, we, oh, we, we mess it up. Okay. Oh, we mess it up big time. But, we can, uh, to be honest, I can never, I can never say I understand what it's like to be a black man. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> I can never say that. It's hard because I, we I love, I love black women so much. And a lot of my like hard lessons I learned from black women, you know what I mean? Because that was my environment. That was my circumstance. That's who I love. So obviously this one I'm on date. This one I'm with. That's my mama. You feel me? So like. It's bittersweet because it's like I still love him so much, but it's like, man, I taught me so many hard lessons. It's hard not to kind of like change how I look at you. You keep hitting me. You feel me? Like it's just, it's hard to keep that love. Like it's still there, yeah. but it's just kind of, it's thing is different now. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of us was growing up, we were building just resentment 
and I seen some more than other for like black women, and it and it wasn't because of what they was putting us through. I understood when I got older, it's because we felt like we they didn't try to understand us. You know what I'm saying? That we've been in so many situations to where like we did all this shitty stuff, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you're shitty." And then this situation now is like I'm trying. It's like, hey, nobody accept that you're trying because of how where where you just came from. So yeah, the, the nigga gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm just going back to jail," or "Yeah, I'm just going back to the relationship," or "Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna leave my kids." Black 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 mothers. Um, I can't speak for all of them, but in general, because I, I, I feel I've like seen, I've, what I've seen from some black mo- black single mothers yeah. is, um, and I, I've only seen it in, in in some of my family where they tended to coddle more the boys yeah. and make the women yeah. tough. You got to be strong. Yeah. You got to be out there. And you got to be yeah. independent, and you know. And then the boys are coddled. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see that a lot yeah. in, in, in my family. I sat and watched the boys just sit in leisure at their leisure, you know, play video games, and me and my sisters working as teenagers, you know, trying to help pay bills with the family and that kind of thing. And and that's yeah. what's so sad because it like creates like a fork in the road. Yeah. It's like you get two people that come to this point, and it's like, all right, I was a black woman, let's say like seventies, eighties. I had these black men I loved, and like. They seen them go through some stuff that just broke their heart. You get what I'm saying? So now you get to that fork in the road, and it's the mothers who is just like, it kind of hurts their heart. They bitter about black men, and then you get the ones who they coddle their sons because they mm-hmm. so like, and they just look at their son like you don't know what your dad had to go through. You get what I mean? And it broke it broke her. You feel me? It broke her heart because two women like women got to watch us like just put up with that shit. And I feel like that, too, was creating a divide. Because back in the day, yeah. it wasn't like that. We stood up more for ourselves. So the black women was behind us. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, I see some men complaining women aren't behind them. But it's like, I mean, but you don't stand up for yourself either. And it's like, we got to start drawing a line for that. Because I, I agree with that well level of thinking. I can only respect you so much to how you respect yourself. And sometimes yeah. y'all be expecting us because we respect everybody so much to give you all that. And you don't respect yourself. You know what I mean? We gotta stop breaking each other. Yeah, we do. I agree with that. We gotta stop breaking each other. I agree other. with like, that. Wow. And it's and it's a lot more work. And and it's not that to say we ain't been working or we're not in good space. We're in a great spot. The fact we can even have these conversations. Yeah. Cause I didn't again. I didn't grow up having these conversations with women. It felt like we was always at the odds with each other. And I didn't blame them, but it's now I'm blaming another black woman because I'm like, oh, your mom made you like this, or oh, your dad wasn't around. So you feel me? So you're turning it back on your people on the back end and you don't realize that. Like, yeah, this black person in your face, you ain't paying it to them, but you disrespecting another black person on the back end of this. So when that's happening all around the city, eventually, you know what I'm saying? It's going to divide people from each other. And it's going to separate homes. The very thing that all of this was happening to cause, child support, all that in the 90s. They was doing all that to separate us. And they couldn't do it unless we allowed it to happen. And it wasn't that we didn't have no, it wasn't that like we didn't have other choices. It was the easier choice. Mm -hmm. And we had already been through so much. We was tired. And I feel that now that I'm tired as an adult after doing it, I feel more for them. Y'all was tired. Y'all had to fight in civil rights in the 50s your whole life. We get to just get on Twitter (laughs) and and throw a fist up and hop off. Y'all had to like worry (laughs) about the water hose going to school. Y'all had to worry about real life racism. We deal with more with systematic racism now. Back then, it was like it could kill you. Yeah, yeah. 
You see what I'm saying? Nowadays, racism really won't kill you. It'll just, like, fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. then, I should have killed you. Like, mm-hmm. you you had to know. Like, how gangs was for, like, my age. You had to know it, what colors and what neighborhood because it should have killed. It'll take your life. And generation after, you know, this, this other generation, they don't, they don't fuck with them like that anymore. Because they didn't have that. Because they didn't yeah, have they to grow Because we them. kept them from yeah. that. True. You see what I'm yeah. saying? That's That was with my That's kids. True. I fought so hard not to be... <laughs> like who I felt my father was, I was turning into that in other areas and didn't realize it. And now that I love myself and I just I, I accept myself and I work on myself, they get all of that overabundance and I get it. Like I shouldn't be trying to live for y'all and do this for y'all. I should be making myself right because once I become a better person, I'm naturally just going to yeah. do these things for you. But if I just focus on doing this for you and putting you in tennis and doing that, and then you want to play basketball, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, uh, <laughs> now nah, you playing tennis. <laughs> Because that's what we've been spending all this time doing. But if I was just letting you do you, like how my time, I wanted that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we didn't have that. It's like, nah, you got to do something that's a college or a job or money because you need a family and times is hard. And you're a kid, so you're like, what the hell? And you get older, and you're like, because that's what they had to go through. And times was so hard for them. It scared scared them, like, it scared the hell out of them. And I can't mm-hmm. be mad at them for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was bitter about it, but I can't be mad at you for that. Yeah, there's some of their, their, their saving acumen and things like that. Yeah. From yeah. that, we could have we yeah. could have learned some things. We were, we, we, we were unappreciative, and it humbled me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I was so quick to lash out on my mom, I didn't even try to see where she was coming from. So once I, I, I couldn't even be the father I am now without getting over that hurdle and dealing with that with her, because I realized it was connected to other things of why I was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then once you start seeing those, like, you just got to make yourself better. You know what I mean? Type of. Yes. <laughs> so is there anything you want to leave us on? I lose track of time with these You things. know, I think I think my, <laughs> la- my final thought was that we, we need to stop hurting each other. We need to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We yeah. need to figure out that part. Mm-hmm. How, can we, how can we do right by each other yeah. as black men and black women? I think love. Mm-hmm. We think we know what love is, but we don't. And we need to reestablish or just recreate w- what new love is. And, yeah. But we need to lead by love, and we don't. We lead by survival. You know what I mean? That's we true. still do that. I still mm-hmm. do that to this oh, day. Yeah. We all when do. I catch myself doing it, I'm like, you're not in that environment. Mm-hmm. You out of that. You know what I mean? But still, it hurts because you like, I was in this so hard. Right, I'm right. Just, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going shot. back, and I'm not going back. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have it. It's like a PTSD. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people find you on social media? They can find me on Instagram at Jaylana underscore Stevet. And I have a Facebook fan page, Jaylana Stevet the author. I also have a Twitter page, uh, J A at J Stevet, and I have a website where that stuff is all centrally located. Awesome. com. Just goop just put Jaylana Stevet in Google and you'll be able to find everything, the podcast, everything. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks. I had fun. Thank I know. We sparred a little bit. Yeah. We laughed. We, yeah. Yeah. It off. It ain't you know, talking listen. You're going to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> that's what family, that's what family do. Yeah, yeah. I'm used to that because my answers, they no filter. Yeah. You bring somebody in, I mean, you're going to know if y'all together because everybody going to run them through. <laughs> and they drinkers, so they going to get drunk. Like, come in here, let's talk. And I'm just like, all right, I hope it go well because they savages. <laughs> like... But I, at the time, you're not realizing as men, we needed that. Like, they were being, like, our sisters and our mothers, you know what I mean? Like, they're mm-hmm. vetting the women, and that's a part of dating, too, like, that 
we got to reestablish because we don't have that. We're out here dating people by ourselves. Back then, you had five, six, seven, whatever family members that you could run this person through. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Now it's just me and you, and it's like, we ain't making the best decisions. Like that. We ain't making the best decisions. We need other people's insights. So I I really want to get back to that. Like, that was my point, kind of, to it doing a podcast. Yeah. But, but see, it's up to the person to decide how much they want to disclose or not. Because (laughs) even. Even you can live next door to somebody uh-huh. and be t- and talk to them every day and not real and, and not realize that they were a serial killer. Do you understand what I'm saying? I agree. So a, a person's going <laughs> a person's going to share with you what they want to share, whether it's face to face or on the internet. The internet makes it easier for people to pretend though to be something that they're not. But the, but but my point to that is like there is no face on the internet, so it doesn't. So it's never real. Like you can never talk to me online and definitively tell me it's me. You just you just think it's me. <laughs> so all of this is fake because this could be her talking to you and not me. Okay, I mean which happens more times than not. You see what I'm saying? So well, now you're compromising people. Here's the thing, <laughs> yeah, but but. That that how does that happen all of the time? Absolutely. I mean, most of the people that I deal with on social media are, are that person. You know what I mean? Nah, I they, feel like it depends are. on what you do, and I depend. I feel like it depends on how how much of it you do. It's a lot of factors, but I I would say equally. I know a lot most a lot of people who don't run theirs versus people who do, and the people that do run theirs, it's just because like. They want it to be run a certain way. It's not because for anything else. You know what I mean? That's just them. They probably just like to run their stuff. Me, per se, I just want it done the right way. So if person X can do it the right way, then absolutely go do this. Yeah, you know my what I'm social saying? media is run. I have I have somebody who who runs my social media. Yeah, so I see I see both sides, but I, but too most people who have it, they, we had to start off running our own in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So people who have other people to do it now, you've seen both sides. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. So that's our benefit because I still even push like face to face marketing and especially I'm I just don't want to push this. Our older, you know, our my grandparents and them out yet, and that's what so technology is doing too. Because they don't, they're not learning and getting nothing from that. They still want physical flyers and papers or a conversation. You come to me like, yo, listen, I'm doing some Thursday night at nine. Come out. They're not gonna find out about that on Facebook. Not most of them. So it's kind of like I'm still trying to keep that alive. You know what I mean? Like, but you know what? They ain't dead everyday yet. life though is pushing technology. <laughs> Insurance companies, yeah. everything is pushing, you know, uh, even auto parts places, things like everyday that. Everyday life every, is every, Everybody's pushing technology. They're pushing you to use their portals. you pushing you to use their websites. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's not just social media. It's every area of business now is turning that way, you know. So do we get mad at everybody? I mean, do we... I mean, I wouldn't say we're mad, though. I would just say, like, we have to become responsible. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. People I, aren't I upset, do. but this also happened in the 90s. Like, Bill Gates was like, yo, if y'all don't get in, adopting the technology, y'all business will be extinct. Like, this mm-hmm. is where the world is headed. Yeah. And look at how many people laughed at him and look at... I mean, what y'all doing now? <laughs> you know, respectfully working at Lowe's. It's probably a nice job. I don't know, but... Look at what he did. <laughs> and he literally warned y'all. And y'all was his colleague. He thought was a friend. And he's like, yo, homie, like, 
learn this technology thing, learn the keyboard yeah. and the computer. And then now our generation's coming in, not feeling bad or guilty because, like, we're replacing them in jobs. Mm-hmm. And then they're lashing out on us and snapping, and then we just telling them the reality. These kind of jobs were created for us, but y'all didn't keep with the time, so now y'all right. are filling a bunch of positions that now kids can't get jobs. So now, like you said, technology's being forced. So now new businesses mm-hmm. are being created just so they, because they are going to push the economy. So they have yeah. to be a working. So they didn't take none of that account, like everything that was going to topple like that. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's the Absolutely. part too with this new generation. Why I'm so concerned is because like we went through that and that inspired us to do what we did. Yeah. And I'm just like now, like, I mean, what's their inspiration? Like right now in 2021, if you're nine, like what's inspiring to you? You get what I'm saying? Because two, if you kind of, your family are kind of well off, you kind of had some money. When I was coming up, like it was kids in my school, they weren't eating certain days. Like a lot of the school was poor. Like these people were poor. You know what I mean? A lot of my friends are in better neighborhoods or families are in better neighborhoods. Like these kids are having whole different childhoods, but rightfully so. I didn't want them to grow up like us. But on the back end, I'm concerned because, I mean, innovation comes from, like, <laughs> destruction. Does that chaos from when people think this is about to be the end of the world? And then that's humanity. There's a person that's like, nah, I got this. And then things change. That was technology now, for why us. Why don't we ask them? Why don't we ask the nine-year-olds what inspires them? I feel like we do. Let's, let's just find that. I mean, that's I feel that's, like that's we the, do, but, it's, but, but how can we expect them to know, too? It's... Parenting is like the hardest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you it's something. It's the hardest so, thing in the world. <laughs> I, I've raised two sets of children. Okay. I've raised two sets of children. I raised my first three, and then I raised three grandchildren, too. Mm. So, awesome. yeah. yeah. So, I, I, so I, I kind of, like, I kind of, because I, I looked at raising six different kids, my oldest son was special, is special needs. Okay. He's 30. Dang, Aaron is 34 now. Um, <laughs> autistic, nonverbal, severely okay. autistic, nonverbal. So I learned a lot yeah. from raising him. You know what I mean? Just being an open mind, just being open minded and um, mm. just try to figure out the root of an issue with a kid and looking at each of them as individuals as opposed to trying to use the same cookie-cutter method for discipline and affirmation mm-hmm. because it doesn't work. You're What's, not creating boundaries. Yeah. They don't know the difference between the two. You have to establish those boundaries for them. Like, this is good, this is bad, and sometimes we blur those lines because we don't know what to do, so we just do And everything. every kid is different. Exactly. The way you affirm one child does not work Yeah. F- the way you affirm another. Yeah. And it's this it's such a it's such a touchy it's funny too because this is something I speak about frequently you know what I mean because it's a part of like because I because I went to school for psychology you know what I mean so it's a part of like theory because I write theory too and it's a part of one I'm coming up with because my four year old is autistic and like I've been studying psychology probably since I was like twelve years old you know what I mean so like twenty years like you do something for twenty years like it's gonna change your mind about it you're gonna learn something. Mm-hmm. And if anything I learned is like 100%, like I'm almost certain like I had autism. But at the time, yeah. it was really hard to see that and get that. 
And I feel like what worked for me is kind of what I'm trying to get these parents to push. It's like what me and his mom kind of had to go through. Like, I think I was able to overcome it because people wasn't handicapping me. They just treated me like a regular kid. And now all of a sudden we just, oh, no, don't do that or say that. Because he, like, nah, treated them like a regular kid. And then they going to just adopt into society. But if you treat them, you're handicapping them, I feel like. I might have to disagree just a little bit. And here's why. Go ahead. Because everybody... Everybody's perception of treat him like a regular kid is not the same, and and I and I'll share my own personal experience. Um, my son, my old Aaron, Aaron was sixteen at the time when I got finally got married, mm-hmm. and um, his my husband's sister was a special needs teacher. Uh-huh. Special needs teacher told him, "Treat him, you treat him just the same." Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. But in his mind, this is a sixteen year old boy. Even though he can't talk, he can't verbally communicate, I need to treat him like a 16-year-old boy. And he tried to do physical harm to him several times. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? And my mm-hmm. son was a, a violent child. Yeah. So everybody's perception of treat them like somebody normal, you got to figure out what, it, what does that mean to you. You know, and I understand taking boundaries off and pushing them to be everything that they are supposed to be. You know what I'm saying, but what is normal? Well, normal. We need to find. We need to even well, normal, define what well, is normal. Well, there's no. Well, there is no. There's no collective normal. But normal, we have that construct in our head because you understand what handicap is. Right. That means you have a construct of what you think normal is. Gave, I understand. No, but it that means they diagnosed you, him. Right. So that means you understand what normal is, correct? But learn. But but raising a child. No, I'm just I'm I'm breaking it down for you. Do you understand what normal a, is through the difference? I know. I understand so inherently, the definition of normal. So inherently, yes. human, we mm-hmm. treat them differently. How we compartmentalize stuff in our head like that, we're inherently naturally going to treat them differently. Literally. Yes, we do. When we, we hear someone's handicap, it instantly changes your perception of them. You can hear a whole story about somebody did something, and they're like, I, I, oh, I well, they, well, they, I would have to disagree, because, I guess because I've raised, I've raised a son like that. That's one person, For 30-something years. That's one person. And he was severely, yeah, he is. He was severely autistic, nonverbal, behavioral challenges in the very beginning. When I'm saying, like, off the chain, this, he was borderline with somebody that you could put in an institution. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and are. I raised, and I raised yeah, him. Are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but so, that's, but that's, that's so, I feel you. Living through that experience, you learn from that, and you learn, you learn how to deal with people. You learn how to treat. I disagree. People. You learned your son through that experience. You learn how to deal with people by dealing with multiple people similarly. And and I and I, and <laughs> as a result of raising him, I, I came across multiple people. But I dealt with you clients, what I'm so I'm dealing with people yeah. in the same focus area. I can see more than a parent, and then I also am a parent with an autistic right. kid. So okay, but again, you see what I'm like saying? I said, I've come across multiple. <laughs> I've come across multiple people with autism and things like that, and I've, I was able to foresee it, and you know, before their parents could see it. Do you understand what I'm but saying? But that was that generation. A because, lot of these CEOs no, 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 no. have this, autism. This, this is not that generation. It this was. is this generation. Nuh-uh. I can look at a child now and see, oh, okay, before their parents can see. Because I've seen it throughout the years. And I've seen I've seen different spectrums of it. You that, know what I'm saying? But that's my point. It started three generations ago. But they didn't know. A lot of these CEOs now have autism. A lot of these it's higher up big started, people like, have in the autism. 
autism started in like the 1950s. So like that's 20s. proving my point when we wasn't over dramatizing it and it wasn't all these they movements and stuff. People were moved. It wasn't as harmful. But as soon as we start being like, we got to diagnose them and we need medicine. And they got, all, and they, they it got they, worse. They just didn't know. Here's it the got thing. worse They though. just didn't know and they, and they mistreated it a lot. They called the women who carried these these children with autism refrigerator mothers. They tried to blame the diagno- the diagnosis of autism on the mothers as if the mother was a frigid cold person. Right. That's how it, that's how it started back then. So the, so they didn't know a lot. So so as they focused more, it evolved more. Yeah, they put more focus on it and they learned more. I disagree. But they but they they did it wrong back then. I disagree. They did it wrong. They had people in institutions that should not have been. They still have they So still, they did it wrong. They still know nothing. Or, or they care. did what they knew to do. Nah, they I know should say. they know nothing or care nothing about these things. It's why psychology is just now becoming a thing and that's because of social media and technology. Psychology has been around too. And psychology yeah, to me is a black science. This is art, you feel me? This is like we consider our science. That's why a lot of black people. That's that's what they. We're study, taking psychology. it back and taking it over. I have I have a degree in psychology. So so the point so psychology. the point of that is psychology didn't blow up and nobody was paying attention to why it wasn't blowing up and the only reason it didn't is because they don't push medicine. So you got to understand medicine was being pushed on on us. My age group. Understood. <laughs> ADHD. ADD. They was trying to prescribe us with anything. And that's where autism fell into that. And then that's how they diagnosed, like, introduced it to autism the world, but it had already been around. ADHD, a lot of people who had autism were misdiagnosed with ADHD. I don't even think either one of them should be even, I don't even think we should be diagnosing people like, like, that's not even how this stuff's supposed to be, and it wasn't originally like that. Somebody would come to you, like, more so trying to vent and letting you know, and you're like, okay, this is what's going on. Now I feel like we have people going around trying to, like, let me look at you, like, trying to diagnose people. So, yeah, if well, you're looking if you, for a you diagnosis, a, you're going to find something. Well, well, in, a, in an instance of a person like my son, someone who is not speaking, yeah. of course you got to look into it. I disagree. Do you, do you just say, well, and, 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 it's, not even me- and it's not even medicine, because my, my son was not medicated for... Mm-hmm. Years, you understand? They waited till he was grown mm-hmm. to try to make decisions to medicate yeah. him. So I, I understand that too, mm-hmm. because they tried. They tried to diagnose him with ADHD first, and I'm like, no. Yeah. You know, based on everything I've when read, parents no, this is give not pushback, it. They we, let it go. I researched. <laughs> but when parents don't push and back, figured out push what it. exactly was going on with yeah. him before yeah. I had him taken in. It was like, it, and and that was to for, to be honest, that was like the grace of God because. My sister was in school and she was taking a psychology class and she had to go into a home yeah. of a child uh, who had autism and she noticed his behavior were, was a lot like Aaron's. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, you know, we need to look into this. So I started, I, then I started reading up on it and observing yeah. my son. Yeah. And even the school system was like, oh, we don't know, da, 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 maybe he's ADHD. No, yeah. well, have you considered this? Yeah. I had to bring it to them. Right. Because they had no clue. They wanted to just do whatever it was that they wanted to do with him. Mm-hmm. But that's the but that was the part to where like I was seeing on that scale and there is so many parents like you out there. Absolutely, you know what I mean? And those are always the parents I give my credit to. 
but like they're not the majority. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> and that's why that's why my heart goes know. out because that's what I don't I'm, know where to find Because that's how it is with these doctors, like especially with black parents. You feel me? Like like we just said, like if you give them pushback, they gonna back off. But eight out of ten parents is just they throw all these big words and they your kid's sick and they might not live. You like all right, like just give it to them. Or you see what I'm saying? Kid hyper, let me. I'll give you something to calm yeah. down. And I had Dude. to, and I had to humble myself with that. Like a lot of stuff, like because I was just an anomaly and so many things I did, and a lot of stuff that worked for me, I was trying to give it to other people, but that was what worked for me, mm-hmm. and I was trying to make it work for them. But I'm like, it don't work like that. And then I really started seeing like how damaged people was, and I first got wind of that literally just through communication, like. Mm-hmm. Like we can't even sit and have a conversation. Like what is going on? You know, what I mean, these times is crazy. And I came we from the can. time where I sat oh with God. elders, older people. I would just sit and we would talk for days and hours. To I didn't grow now, up like that with peers. Now, <laughs> this is how communication works. Now, tech, be you and I, like, you and I have this conversation. <laughs> okay, say we have this this conversation we had about autism. Yeah. Say uh, six months from now, you change your mind and you say something else. Yeah. The way the society works now. Mm-hmm. Oh, do, how dare you change right. your mind? You said that? No, you said that. Stick six with that ago. forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yours now. Right, right. Touch it, you buy it. <laughs> like, <Right>. wait. <laughs> but that, too, mm-hmm. was why I was seeing the separation. And, and as much as, like, I was excited at first because I'm like, all right, I'm a pioneer. And at the time, like, I have just lost my son. So I'm, like, mm-hmm. going through depression. And I just know, already know more than other kids. And I also understand it's a stigma to even talk about it, go to therapy. So, like... In school, when I was hooping, most of my team didn't even know this was going on. And I wasn't even going to think to do it. But my grades wow. were slipping, and one of the student coaches literally was just like, I got a friend, and he gave me his number, and I hit him, he was a therapist. And he didn't even know I was in school, literally, too, for psychology. So I go there with him and just build a relationship with him. He kind of the one that got me, talked me out of it, because uh, psychology. And I've been st- I was studying at that point for like 12 years, you know what I mean? But he kind of talked me, he showed me the reality of it, and... He was just miserable. Like and he was maybe like forty five. He's a white male. You know what I mean? Published books. Like had the whole American dream. Two point five kids or whatever the hell they say. They go to Disney like two times a year. Mm-hmm. Six figures. But he hate. He was miserable. And he was the type of uh, when I was apprentice with him. He was the type of therapist who he's seeing like ex cons. So he's seeing people that like you know they just drown they kid they family in the bathtub type shit. And he got to come sit down. Me. Like so, why did you do that? You know what I mean? And I'm just sitting in this room, like, I'm not even knowing this is about, this is my first time it went that far, because sometimes it'd just be relationship stuff that they're just, and he's like, you're overreacting, they like, and I'm like, all right, they was overreacting. But he, this was different, and he had schizophrenia, they later found out, you know what I mean? But Buddy was nuts. But he, it was just kind of like, he asked him what happened, he's like, all right, I woke up, you know, it was Wednesday, I was hungry, went downstairs, made some breakfast, you know what I mean? Well, my wife said something that didn't happen, and then I yelled at her, and I went to work. And then he's like, okay, like, that's not how it happened. Like, try to remember how it really happened. You know what I mean? So he's like, like, I'm trying to type it. He's like, all right, just try it a little hard. And they really be struggling trying to remember. So he's like, all right. I got up, went down, made breakfast. You know what I mean? My wife said something I didn't like. And then telling the whole story of how he proceeded to take him to the bathtub. And he drowned him in the bathtub. And then just went back to work in his day. Like, none of it had ever happened. You know what I'm saying? So this was what I, I never, people never don't. Way, right? And I and I was already like learning that like this was a hard life when I was getting older because I was a healer. And, you know, you just think like, oh, they got a good life and it's good. They're like a saint. But like, nah, they go through the most shit because mm-hmm. people can't relate to them. Mm-hmm. 
So I was now starting to see with him what he wanted people to see. Like, y'all think all this is going on and I'm happy, but my life is is killing him, you know what I mean? And we don't think to ask that about people. We so wrapped up in the wrong shit. So I actually sat down and just thought about it, and he was doing that for a year. And he was like, the whole first year, he's like, I couldn't sleep. I was having nightmares. He was like, I'd be lashing out on my family. He was like, we're in therapy. He was just like, he was literally talking me out of <laughs> clinical. So I did it anyways. So I'm just going to do stuff anyways. And it wasn't for me. Just the whole uh, politics. I don't like politics in my shit. You know what I mean? And it was they was trying to play politics. And here, too, it's not really big. Like, I would have been like a guidance counselor or something, which I felt like I was trying to do more with this. You know what yeah, I mean? So I had an yeah. opportunity in Seattle, but I'm just like, nah, like, I'm going to wait it out. Let's see what's up. So then I, I got in the clinicals and it just wasn't, like, I was just getting so turned off. And, and it wasn't even that I've been doing this for 14 years. It was just like, how I envision this being me doing it, this ain't that. Like, it don't yeah. feel like this is what I want to do. So I stopped. I walked away for a while. And then I started doing panels, like mental health panels, and I really, really got into mental health. And then that's when it clicked. You know what I mean? That's the consistency. Like, even I did it for that long to learn what I needed to know. So when I came to this milestone, I'm like, damn, this is psychology. (laughs) And the dude, he was an elder, and he was preaching it to me, and he was just putting me on game. You know what I mean? He was telling me, like, don't cut my locks, don't cut my beard. So I already was locked in because he was talking about, like, how my idols and mentors talk. So I already locked in. He ain't even know it. You know what I mean? And then he was just talking about psychology and everything that was going on. And uh, that was the event. I was and I'm not, was not even looking at it like that. It said once he helped me see it like that, I'm like, damn, like I am still doing, like I'm still doing what I was doing. So like that gave me a whole new perspective on it. And now that's like my direction with it. Like I throw events and I make it comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to get coloring books, and this is the therapy. And we can just, y'all can talk about our day. This is the event. We come in here, we color, we listen to music, we vibe out. And this is the kind of stuff I do at home because I need this stuff. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, I live this shit. <laughs> like, I don't do this because, like I, like, I want to, like, I have to. I be having to do this to keep my peace and myself balanced. And that's the side that people don't see in all of this. Like, even eating healthy, like, that's, that's a huge commitment. <laughs> that's hard. You know what I mean? That is mm-hmm. very hard. So now I'm trying to make it more comfortable for people because you can't just start throwing people in therapy and expecting it to work. You have to meet them halfway. Yeah. And we had that when we was kids. We had therapeutic things. We had double dutch mm-hmm. shit. Four oh, square yeah. and tether ball. And you get what I'm saying? We would go on adventures, me and my friends, and get on bikes and go on an adventure for the day. And you would go through so much, and these two people fall out, and they teach you about this, and you see this person relationship, we just learning the whole day and we learning each other. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that's, that's what true. technology has stripped from them. That's yeah, why I say we're that golden area that. because we had that. So we don't really care for technology because we already established so many face-to-face conversations. Yeah. I really don't need a phone. Like, I use it to make more money and establish more business, but... I don't know. I like my phone. I don't. I, I, I think everything's in there, I think. It's okay. just like my email, all that stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my laptop's like that. My tablet yeah. used to be my phone. I just would FaceTime people, but I just hate having a phone. Yeah. But it's, it's for... Like it's other stuff. I just don't like... I don't want people just... I don't I'm always weird about people just being able to contact me. Like, I don't know. That, too, is just why I really don't be wanting a phone. Because I feel like some people abuse that. And you let them in in like a personal or business relationship and then they like like not spying on you you know what I mean but they using this to their advantage <laughs> and I'm just an overthinker it's just too much for you it's just I'm an overthinker like I just meet you 
a week ago and you done called me every day seven thirteen like some up yeah sis. yeah that's that's like I'm gonna say like yeah, some yeah, but, that, that but, is... but but the average person wouldn't think about nothing like that they would just be like oh really? yeah because you ain't the average person I'd be like <laughs> you ain't the average person <laughs> too much. Like... yeah that, listen something ain't right like some but what's up you know what I'm saying I, it would just throw me off. Because a natural relationship, you can't... How can you gauge that? Right, right. It you happens can't. organically. Yeah. Right? We're building it as we go. Yeah. So you can't have expectations about it because how would you know what's going to happen next? You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you did, we would already be in it. We're doing this now because we're establishing what happens next. <laughs> right, you know right. What I mean? But all of that is just perspective. And again, this younger generation doesn't have that. They were spoiled enough that we were going <laughs> so damn hard when they were kids. Like... They damn near skipped 20 years of stuff they had to learn because we yeah. were giving them that stuff. That's true. And I'm stressing my ass out with my son. Like, by the time he gets 12, like, damn, I teach it, you, you know all this what? shit. It and I was already teaching shock. him this stuff. You it know what I mean? It is a real culture shock. Man, for, for yeah. Because my son is uh, my middle child. He's 25. Okay. And uh, I'm like, boy, you know, he graduated from college. He's engaged now. Ooh. A baby. Wait, how old? 25. 25. <laughs> Um, got a baby, so the, my little grandbaby, she'll be a year. But it's like a... Congrats. Thank you. Uh-huh. But it's like a... Um, I think everything's a shock for him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, this is life, son. Life like, you're an adult now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got to go away <laughs> and do the college thing and have fun. I think, he, to me, I think he thought it was an acting gig. You yeah. know, you go away to college yeah. and enjoy it. But I always, sweet. But I did. I made it so that they would enjoy their lives and explore and try to figure all that shit out. So do you kind of see, though, my point? And and now, but he's not struggling. Though. But it's But it's not about struggling. I think it's about how we just have to look at life differently. And I'm allowing I spent him so to long fighting out, trauma though. and like avoiding giving my kids trauma. I created new traumas in them. So instead of me but trying to avoid tra- trauma, I don't think he's tra- not, not tra- him. Tra- I'm talking about like the world, society. Yeah. You know what I mean? This but is see, why these kids see, are being here, some, some trauma you don't need. Listen, listen, bro. Listen. Let me let me tell. Let me share something with you. Some trauma is not needed. I disagree. Like like molestation and shit. I mean, that's but, not needed. But you, you see, some my our generation. I disagree. Our generation experienced a lot of that, you know, of molestation and rape and things like that. That that's, trauma that's been that we had forever, to, to adjust to. That's been happening you know, like, forever, Yeah, yeah, though. yeah, it has. But, but, don't, but, don't, don't, but don't disregard it because it's been happening it. It's forever. huge. Like, look at how important it is yeah. in the world. We do. Yeah. We regard it more now than ever, and it still happens. Yeah. That's my point. The world is going to be the world whether exactly. you're afraid so, so, so whether should, you want it or not. So, so do we need that kind of trauma? I no, mean, I, I don't think we do. Uh, that's why I said some trauma. I said some. I didn't say we didn't need any trauma. But my point is then what trauma do we some need? Some trauma we so don't trauma need. So what trauma do we need? That kind of trauma we don't. So what trauma do we Her, need? No, I don't know. You, you're you <laughs> endorsing trauma. I'm not. No, you're I'm saying trauma, trauma happens so, naturally. So what do we need? What kind of trauma do we need? Because you're endorsing We don't need anything but healing. But I, mean, you I just never said, said we, we need, needed trauma. I never said we needed. I said trauma is already happening. I said I tried to avoid trauma in my kids, and I created new trauma. So trauma. Right. Well, so you can't try to avoid things because it's going to happen anyway. I was running well, away from doing something and became that person. You you avoided certain traumas, but they still experience others. Right. That's my point. Right. I mean that that's <laughs> different than saying you know you get the point is just let trauma happen. 
And it's gonna happen whether you you have no control over trauma. I can I can try to control an environment where they're not where my where my children are not going to be molested as a result. So do you see how that? But on the back end, you're creating new traumas because they're not out in the world living. You're keeping them in the house. Well, well, thank God they're not. Well, they weren't they weren't being kept in the house. They weren't being my children didn't not, weren't being kept in the house, in general, but they weren't being molested. We're talking about this new society of children. Do you see what children. I'm saying? Like it's like it's certain, that, I just said some traumas. I get what should. you're saying, but my point is that way of thinking is old fashioned. It does not work. The way of the world is not like How that no more. How is that old fashioned? Because you're trying to avoid something. Life is not about avoidance. It's just I, about I'm, living your life. Not, I'm not trying to avoid anything. I'm, I'm just you trying did. to say You said okay. I, I avoided molestation. I lived a certain way to no, avoid no, something. No, no, I didn't avoid molestation. I was molested. I'm talking so about with how you that. raised them. But I correct? but I, I created an environment where they didn't have to experience that. So you type avoided of it, trauma. correct? So you avoided it, correct? Exactly. That creates other problems in other areas. Okay, that was okay, the point so I what, made. What have you avoided that has created other problems? Everybody yeah. does it. That's what I'm saying. That was like, the point I made. I mean So agree with me. That was you literally no, made the same point as me. I literally I don't think said we that. made the same point. <laughs> I don't think we. I, I said trauma happens, so we shouldn't try to avoid certain traumas because trauma is going to happen just by living your life. And we so got hindered because so we, we were trying to avoid all this. So stuff. we disagree. How? What do we disagree on? We disagree because I said that that I did. I thought some traumas should be avoided. You said no, they shouldn't. No, you said some trauma shouldn't happen, and trauma it, you have no control over that. So that's what I'm saying. You, how can you say that? Other people bring trauma onto you. So you have no control over not, that. Sometimes you bring trauma Not molestation is someone else bringing right, trauma onto you. Molestation. That was the a, example. Mol- <laughs> I understand. Molestation is a trauma that someone brings onto you. But so how can all, you avoid but that? Not, but not all. So how can you avoid but that? But not all trauma is incurred by someone bringing it on you. I sometimes, agree. Sometimes. Let me finish my thought, please. Please, because I'm th- lost. Thank you, thank you, because you're interrupting, so that, that could be why you're lost. Mm. Sometimes, like you said, trauma can't be avoided. But sometimes people bring trauma on themselves by their own actions. Correct. And they Most create of the times. those. Correct. They create those things. And usually it's from being afraid because they're trying all, to avoid something. I, That's my I point I'm was, making. And all I said was that some trauma should be avoided. Like some or some trauma shouldn't have to be experienced. That's what I see. But if someone else brings it on you, you have no control of that. I, I, and I didn't disagree with that. So the but statement you, you're making, you see what I'm okay. saying? It doesn't No, I don't see what you're saying. I still don't you're see. You're saying in a perfect world. I didn't but say the world's in a not perfect. World. I, you know, you know, I know that. Okay, Believe so that. so we shouldn't speak. So this Believe is my point that. of that old school rhetoric that doesn't work in this day and age, and we still bring that up. Like, well, we should and shouldn't. You can't control what other people do. We can only control you're, how you're we right. react you're to right. it. You're right. You're absolutely right. So we shouldn't right. even be telling these younger kids what they should and shouldn't. We should I encourage never do. them. 